And we are back with another Black Window Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. That's how they know me on the internet, so I just say that. In the, you know, Some people don't know my real name versus my Instagram name. And my Instagram name seems to be more real than my real name. I was at an event uh, for EA. I did the tutorial about it on our Black Window Cream YouTube channel or whatever, how, how I did speed ramping and shit. But while I was there, I was... Uh, in the back like photography video space you know what i mean where they're like media could stay at and i was walking and some dude was like looking at me kind of like smiling so i was like what's up and he's like what's your name and i was like ben i was like ben Haggerty, and he's like no what's your instagram name i was like oh uh ben reverse world he's like that's how i know you man like damn we post all your shit i work for billboard or complex or whoever it was at the time i don't know and i was like oh shit that's crazy but it's funny as fuck because i'm like no one really knows my real name that's a whole nother story we don't gotta talk about that uh man i i don't have add but i definitely don't stay on topic if i don't have anything in front of me right now i don't i didn't bring my computer because i want to do this by myself but anyway new episode today motherfuckers it is kavika bonus i botched it in uh the beginning of the intro of introducing him to in the actual interview and he's been my friend for years, so I've been saying it wrong for a long time. Kavika, you would know him on online as Kavika. He is a VFX artist, director, editor, videographer, photographer. Like the dude really can do a lot of shit. It's freaky. But he his main his main, you know, source of income comes from his VFX work. He is a machine when it comes to VFX. I don't really get it, uh, but we've been working together for a long time. We started working together on Chris Brown's documentary years ago and uh i've seen him grow he's done so many amazing things his his story is really really valuable there's a lot of good information in it um he's from hawaii originally now he lives in la he uh his just the way he thinks and creates he shits on everybody anyone that you see on instagram that you look at video wise and you're like man they're doing some cool trendy shit kavika's doing it he just doesn't have followers that's really it like you just don't know about him because you're not following his shit but the way he creates content is just next level and so i'm glad to finally get him on the podcast he brought two of his trophies that he's won uh happen to be mtv music video award trophies he won two moon men in one year which is crazy uh after going freelance working for a company and then going freelance by himself and he won two moon men back to back like bop bop got him how makes me want trophies like that now so I got to get my shit together. But uh, yeah, he brought those. He shared his story. It's amazing. I think you guys are really going to like it. So enjoy this episode with Kavika um, and make sure to follow him on all of his social media accounts. We're going to be doing a lot of tutorials and things like that on Black Window Cream featuring Kavika, which will be fucking awesome and do some really in-depth teaching. I'm excited for that and to start that journey. Yeah, that's it. Uh, new merch. It's not even new. It's We've had it in the store for a while. It might be new if you look it up today for you. Uh, shop BWNC.com definitely please go pick up a piece of merch that's it that helps us every single day shirts hoodies long sleeves short sleeves coffee mugs hats whatever you could think of we got it um we're gonna work on getting some new stuff coming out soon patreon.com slash black window cream if you want to fuck with us on that level there's a lot of perks for that if you uh you know subscribe to our patreon page and um you can do that patreon at patreon.com slash black window cream that's it reviews that's all I ask for. If you can drop a little comment on YouTube and let us know how we're doing, we always appreciate that, you know? I think this is episode 77. We're nearing 100, which is crazy. 
Uh, this is a lot of work, so it's fucking nuts to think about. But I don't know what if it is episode 77. I'm pretty sure it is. But uh, anyway, doesn't matter. It's Kavika's episode. That's all that matters. So stay tuned. Enjoy this shit. Um, that's it. Keep creating. Enjoy the work week. Uh, I'm going to start the most epic podcast intro you've ever heard in your entire life. Right, motherfucking now. Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? Yeah. You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... <gasps> Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you'd say that. And we are back with another Black with no cream podcast today with Michael Kavika Bennis. It's Bonus, but yeah, fuck, I've said it wrong for five years. <laughs> Everybody gets my name wrong, the entire name. Is so. it really Bonus? Yes. B A N I S. That's Filipino. Swag. Shout out to the Philippines. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> it's dope over there. <laughs> I've never been to the Philippines, but you're from Hawaii, right? I am. How's that? It's dope. Um, I try to go home maybe at least once a year. The, so. Is that the most expensive? Eh, not as bad as it was before, but you know. What do you mean as right. before? Like what? Like months ago? Uh, or, there's I mean, a lot couple more, years back. Yeah, there's a lot more like airlines going there. You know recently like southwest so oh it's a lot cheaper now um what the fuck are these things that you just put on my table oh these are uh moon dudes uh vmas that um we won i won it with nocturnal jr jr strickland he was on the podcast he was on a podcast check it out podcast number eight maybe i don't fucking know six or eight six look it up one of those um if you're listening to this on audio uh, the intro video is usually just me with my guests staring at the cameras and I was staring by myself and then Kavika came in and sat down two <laughs> gigantic MTV Moon Men awards that he won. Two different awards that you won in the same year, right? Right, that's correct. For yep. what what videos? What do we got here? Uh, it's uh, Big Sean, Light, yep. and um, Logic uh, Black Spider-Man, I think it's called. The one with the cats? Yeah, the one with the cats. It was in the same category. So, um, they were, they were. So how do you win two? Well, in that category, actually both, um, videos, they were both nominated in that category, but all videos in that category actually ended up winning. What the hell? Yeah. It was just, it's a, if you can see it's fight against the system. Best fight against the system. Big Sean. Yeah. So it was like its own specific category and, and, you know, and it ended up all videos in that category won. Oh, cool. So it's kind of like a statement, like, oh, these all, all these videos oh, have yeah, an right. impact on the, you know. Right, so right. The, and, instead of just choosing one winner, all these dudes, you know. What was the big Sean? Can you break down both those videos for people who haven't seen them yet? Obviously uh, watch them if you if you haven't seen them yet, but Big Sean's video is about what? Well, this big is the Sean, one with the light beam, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Sean, uh, so yeah, it's uh, he's like driving around um, finding these people that are like going through hard times or whatever, and there's you know he's kind of somehow conjuring up this light and um it's kind of like a metaphor for like something better something you know and um we actually most of the vfx was that specifically was specifically that light and um adding just atmosphere and all that so i mean that was big sean and then the black spider-man actually did a lot i i wasn't like a lot in the process of the black spider-man one because of the fact jr kind of got me on later Mm. but um I actually ended up doing the the cats 
at the end of the video and uh, they're having a conversation at the end and I, you know, I made them talk. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck so, did you do that? Did you guys shoot real cats? Are they fake? Uh, yeah, they were real cats. We were like trying to figure out the best way to do it and, um, you know, there's always the best way to do it and there's always, you know, also the cheapest way to do it. Mm. But um, they actually shot real cats and they shot footage of the cats. We ended up having to composite them onto a, you know, a roof because they were shot on green. Right. But um, I ended up finding the best, you know, shots and then, um, you know, animating their mouths the way that they were talking. So, how long did that take to do? I don't, I don't remember. Usually, when <laughs> when I do those kind of things, it like I just it kind of just blurs. It kind of just goes. Um, you don't even know that. No, yeah, three even, days, five days have passed. Uh, it, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, it wasn't more than like two, three days, but. Yeah, just find the best way to perfect it and what the client wants and all that. So, dude, I'm so fucking jealous that you have these. I want yeah. these. Yeah, it makes me want to do music video stuff again, cause yeah. I just want to have that shit on my thing and then I'll call it a day. Uh, it was always kind of my my dream to get these guys. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I want it specifically for VFX. Like that's another goal now because I have them now. So I kind of want to do better and be like you know lead vfx for something that gets that's wins in the vfx category right so um it's cool that now i have that goal instead of just winning a moon man yeah, yeah right so i think that's you know what's uh can you tell a fun fact about when you win a moon man how you receive it i don't think people understand how you get your award do you know how what i'm talking about no no how you have to buy them Oh, okay, yeah, well, you have to buy them. I mean, I, I feel like that's with all awards. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. For, like, the, when we won the telly. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they were asking, oh, do you want to get a telly? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I want to get a fucking telly. $250. <laughs> and I was like, $250? Yeah, yeah. And then they're, they're asking us what we want to put on it. I'm like, shouldn't you guys know? Did yeah. We? <laughs> it was yeah. Like, it, it was pretty much the same thing for those things. So. That's so weird. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, you know... So it kind I mean, of it's better that it, at least your team has the option to get one if they worked on it. Because right. obviously, like, it could be like a hundred man crew, and right. you can't just give a hundred free fucking right, statues right, right, away right, right. to people. But still, I, you, all, I always, I never would have imagined that winners of the best videos on earth would right. have to pay for a fucking trophy. That doesn't. Right, right. I, I think it's the same with the the Walk of Fame. I think everybody has to buy their own star too. Damn. I think it's the same shit. So. Damn. Yeah, people fucked up. That's crazy. I mean, by the time that you you know get a star, you don't you're not the one paying for it. People, probably other people are paying for it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, just, millions of dollars. It's not, like, of it's not like just given to you that you've made over the years of being yeah. a superstar. That's crazy. Um, so Kavika and I go really far back to the beginning of my time in LA. Pretty much, um, I'll tell people a majority of like your accomplishments in the beginning. But what are some of the highlights besides these two fucking things that you've done? Um, you do so much different shit too. It's not just like, he's not just a VFX artist. He's not just a editor. You do everything, which is nuts. Uh, and you shoot. Are you talking specifically? I don't know. Like high time achievements for you. Like what were some of the cool moments? We worked on Chris Brown's documentary together. That was fun. Right. That was cool. Um, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of my accomplishments in LA, I kind of like have shown like on my social media. You should go follow me if you want to. Yep. Follow me. But um, a big thing that i really liked was um i actually founded my own company and this is like before i moved to la before anything but um we actually were we were making a lot of money <laughs> doing that and I, I never thought i would own my own company right um specifically doing what i like to do which is you know video production 
and it's still like I'm still running it today and it's it's not specifically creative stuff but it's still the fact that I'm working with video I'm working you know I'm it's just me and my partner right it's, we're pretty much the only you know people in that company we ha- will hire like um I don't know just people on the side if anything but it's just me and him but the fact that how far we've come because of that especially the fact that I didn't know I would be running a company <laughs> you know let alone owning half of it didn't know when when like you were in college and shit yeah like i, I right. didn't expect to do that i didn't it just kind of like happened over time yeah and I, I think that's a big accomplishment just because it's just something i never expected right right right. like you know to me so but you're like main client for that because i didn't even know that until like later on and you were like oh yeah i have this company and we right. we work with uh ebay. ebay well we started with ebay and paypal, PayPal. because they were you know together but we we continued working with them we created good relationships and we eventually branched out and like we were flying all over the country shooting for them and doing all these videos for them and which yeah, is like super of, lucrative yeah but it was yeah there was a lot of money in that <laughs> we, you're and we can talk more about you moving yeah, to LA yeah. but like that kind of there was something for you at that point when you were doing that because you were making a shit ton of money but you were like yo I really want to do something right, like right. super creative and right. that, that was what pushed you to move to LA right yes yeah that was a big uh thing i just I, the money was there but you know i guess like the heart wasn't there right, right. yeah but so what was basically most of the videos you guys were doing was that internal use it was a lot of internal there were some things that really is out you know outside but um a lot of it was mostly internal huh. so that's dope yeah i mean that's fucking like layout money right yeah it was pretty cool <laughs> that's like my google tours it's yeah. like the same yeah, thing. Yeah. I like had that and then I left it to go get broke in LA. Yeah, to go, <laughs> to go, live, go live on someone's fucking floor or God something. God damn it. That's worse. <laughs> um, let's go back to young Kavika in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. What, what was he doing? Huh. So Hawaii... Um, this is the biggest flex, by the way. Just having two moon men <laughs> on the other fucking podcast table is like the biggest flex. <laughs> you should see him on the YouTube. Yeah, watch YouTube. Guys. <laughs> you can just stare at these fucking amazing looking pieces of of uh awards award i don't even know what to say but um in hawaii um so as you may know hawaii is tiny um it's kind of it's not rare but it's not a lot of people leave there they're kind of afraid to leave there i'm, I'm assuming i'm assuming it's like very like similar to small town feeling yeah right, right 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 that's weird yeah and just it was a huge step you know to leave it but growing up in hawaii um i kind of grew up always wanting to be creative i always drew i always like like to paint i always like to do that kind of stuff um we're talking about like leading into my career right yeah but i mean just like what, what was young kavika doing like and then yeah what got you into oh. sitting being creative well, um young me i was really into sports i played a lot of sports and like you know of course if you're playing a lot of sports when you're younger you want to be a professional sports player so i played baseball and football so for a lot of time that's what i thought i was wanting to you know fight for and go towards that's right. my goal but um, after a while, I kind of got into video. Um, I was actually during my ooh, during my um, elementary school years. Um, I was part of a group. We would do like the morning announcements. It was like biweekly or something. But we would, with the help of our you know teacher or whatever, we would be making these videos. And a lot of them like they were kind of stupid videos, but like they were fun. And that kind of got me more into the you know creating content, creating videos for people to enjoy but what you they, they like played it in the classroom TV yeah, it was, or something? yeah yeah like so every, it was like every week or something or so every other week. i would fuck, oh yeah it was fucking fun fuck that up but it was it was like my first intro into like creating video yeah and that was super cool and i think that made a huge impact because um like you know it just sparked 
I ended up like getting my own camera. I ended up even getting into like other parts of it, like shooting as well as like watching. Because like, we're, we're still young. It's not we're going to be editing at like, you know, fourth grade or whatever. Right. But I mean, now you can do that. Back then it was like harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. But um, yeah, we, it really got me into that. This and was in fourth grade? Yeah, it was in Holy elementary fuck. school. Yeah, I was like part of this group and like there's just a small group of us and we ended up doing all this cool stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, eventually that led into um, high school. And by that time I have like, I had bought like my own mini DV camera that I found like probably at Goodwill or something. And like me and my brothers would be making videos and we'd be constantly doing that, making stupid things, <laughs> finding out new ways to, you know, use the camera and whatever. And it's funny too, because we started shooting each other with the camera and we had no way to edit it. So we ended up, you know, editing in camera. Right. Same. So I like, did the same yeah, shit. yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like we shoot something, we didn't like the tape, we'd go back and then re- yeah. re- um, um, rewind it and yeah. then shoot over it. And Damn, like, that's funny as fuck that we all did that. Yeah, shit. it was fucking. I was, I was awesome. And like by the time I got to high school, um, so our high school it was kind of interesting because they had these things called academies, and each academy was like specific for a specific career. So like they had um, like health and you know all that kind of stuff. And I ended up going into it was a graphics and media academy. So, in high school? Yeah, in high school. Was it like a creative arts high school? Yeah. Oh, no. It was, it was, it was a regular, like a regular yeah. high school in yeah. Hawaii? I don't know if they still do it, but that's what they had when we, you know, there. So if you there. took health, you, you're only studying health? You don't have to pay well, attention to other shit? No, no. You have, so you have your main, you know, math, health. I mean, math, social studies, whatever. But right. then your electives are kind of like mm, okay, towards that. You. So you're kind of with the same kids. Going right through that and it's just and, and it's the same thing for the graphics media which was like 2d graphics we also did like screen printing and eventually you know video right so that's yeah that. and like that's kind of what eventually kick-started me really wanting instead of you know doing sports like i said earlier but that's kind of what got me into being you know the nerd rather than the <laughs> athlete i guess but so so what what are like the classes that you got to take at that time then was uh, it actual video production classes that you could focus on? Yeah, there was a there was video production, there was a graphic design, and it kind of just was like it was pretty much your your last two years of high school, so like junior senior year. Right. So um, yeah, there was all those. Was it you and your brother that were making shit, or were you making shit with like the people in your class or? Your uh, those are the people in my class. Um, we ended up actually winning. Um, so in Hawaii, they had this thing where you had to make like a PSA, and like all the kids in the high schools would like submit entries and it's like a PSA for like anti-drug anti so that was actually my our first you know award that we won for video and that was fucking dope (laughs) this just made we did the same shit I feel like (laughs) we did the exact same shit it's too weird what year did you graduate seven yeah okay so they must have fucking talked my Cedar Falls High School in in Hawaii whatever did you go to uh, STN was that the school in Hawaii (laughs) no it was like a it was like a competition thing in Disneyland no uh, I think I know what it was. We actually, I actually won an award there. Like we won like second place or something. Like, it's for not, video? Yeah, it was like we did. Oh. We had, they give you like a top. It's like a pretty much like a forty-eight hour thing. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, there was a bunch of high schools there. I don't know, maybe you were there or not. No, we did. I never did anything cool like that. But I remember for one of our classes, we had to do a PSA, and I was like, I was like so into like dark shit. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, we really gotta like make a fucking. We need to make a wave here about right. people being homeless. That's fucking shitty. It sucks. Right, right. And it's sad. Being homeless is sad. And so I made my PSA, and it's like my homie playing guitar. 
And then all my other homies are like walking by and then it's like not fucking with him. And he's just playing guitar. And it just, <laughs> I think it just like slowly zooms in. It's like, don't be homeless. <laughs> and and, and it, it was like, it was whatever. I shot a 70. I thought it was sick because I could oh, shoot shit. 60. And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah, dude. When Oh, no, that was college. That wasn't high school. That was college. Still. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like I got a late start. Like I was doing DV shooting and I was doing you know, filming all of our skateboarding videos right, with fish right. eye and fucking yeah, making yeah. our own videos with like just all the cameras that we had. We even had those DVD cameras. Remember those mm -hmm. things fucking sucked. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd film all the snowboarding shit, but then like I would just try to figure out how to edit it. And that was kind of like high school gist, but I didn't become like a real filmmaker until college. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was making movies. Fucking don't be homeless. PSA. <laughs> don't be homeless. <laughs> so, when you did that, you guys won. What do you win? Just clout? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, because we were, it was interesting too, because we were like pretty much a brand new school on the island, like when I first started there. And um, there was this one school that always won, like every year. So just knowing that I beat that school, like they were known for their, you know, um, for their media and they would always go to like nationals and do crazy stuff. But like, I always wanted to beat them. So I ended up, you know, beating them getting second place or whatever still and I, I thought that was pretty cool that'd be so, so fun i wish i could i wish like i could do it over again and if that was a thing that'd be just like i hope they're doing that a lot now like having competitions like that yeah, they yeah, should yeah. compete media divisions between they schools should. like that like that's yeah. no different than football you know right, what i mean right, like right, right, right. fuck yeah. them up at west high or whatever just make it a thing yeah. yeah that's tight huh yeah damn makes me think um so Okay, first off, let's go back to what you were talking about in Hawaii. It's like you're you're taught you, you guys sound like it's being from a like similar to being a small town mm -hmm. from Iowa. Like a lot of people stay there mm -hmm. and don't really leave. There's nothing um, that you know about outside of that mm -hmm. world, right? For you, I feel like in Hawaii, like to me, Hawaii is just overpopulated with tourists, right? So don't wouldn't wouldn't it be like you guys have a lot of reflect? Like no one's coming to Iowa to be. Mm -hmm. to be like like we'd have like two foreign exchange students and like i'm from paris and i'll be like what the fuck is that like man you know what i mean <laughs> right, and right, like right. no one really talked to those people i would just be like yo what's what's life like over there you know right but in hawaii you have everyone from everywhere on earth coming there and flooding your fucking island all the time right like i feel like you'd be bound to kind of hear about other shit or like be right. cultured on other things just easier maybe i don't know i guess you probably no i mean I, th that makes sense but at the same time hawaii is already culturally diverse i mean like i'm mixed race you know right. but I, I guess it makes sense that but a lot of people they still just want to stay there mm. like it, there's it, hawaii is so isolated you know yeah there's like nothing around it but ocean so like it, it's kind of terrifying thinking you know leaving the island and all that and i i get why people get homesick i mean i did when i first moved <laughs> moved away but then i realized that the world is so much bigger and there's poke everywhere <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Mainland folk is disgusting. Dave knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> that shit is gross. Really? I heard it's the shit in Hawaii. Oh heard... yeah, that's where it comes from. That's, oh okay. That's I thought you were just saying you didn't like it in general. What's no, like the, the what's like the top three fire ass foods to get in Hawaii? Real poke. Okay. Uh, I, 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 was what? Like, just because it's fresher fish or something? It's fresh, and it's just the way that they make it. It's I mean we've been making it since forever. It, it was always like a you know like a tailgate food like a barbecue food like everybody would have always have poke damn really yeah like we always ate that damn 
It was it was everywhere. That's so, so weird. Yeah, it's weird seeing it. You know, white people eat it now. Oh. <laughs> uh, what what uh what other foods are over there? Like what what else is fire in Hawaii? Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people never ate like authentic Hawaiian food. So Hawaiian food's dope. Which is what like what do they eat? Like you know the you know when you um think of a generic luau, you think of the pig in the ground and stuff. But yeah, you no know, the legit stuff you know in that kind of genre of food mm. is dope. Dude, I need to go to Hawaii. I can't believe yeah. I've never been there. Mm. It's cool. I'll, no, it's fucking. Everyone goes and they come back and like, oh my god, that's fucking great. <laughs> Maybe it's just because your hospitality is on ten, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just want to go surf some shit and fucking do this a bunch. Yeah, and then it's accepted there. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie? I'm I'm derailing for two minutes, guys. So bear with me, but I just need to talk about Hawaii a little bit longer. That's cool. Have you ever seen the movie Surfs Up? I fucking love that movie. Me too. That thing is hilarious. It's so good. <laughs> I watched that movie three or four times in theaters. Like, I, I swear to God. <laughs> I took, I, I would go and I died and I was loving it. And then I would go and be like, oh, this person needs to see this shit. Yeah. And I would bring my other friend back just to be like, I know you'll think these parts are funny. Like, you have, I need you to experience yeah, this yeah. joy that I experienced yesterday or whatever yeah i fucking watched it and i own it on three different dvds <laughs> i think the, i stole two of them the off. way that they shot it it's like a documentary and then yeah. that, it's that much funnier it's just it's it's hilarious it's like it's like um what's that disney movie the skateboard one or the uh roller roller rink uh what the fuck's that movie yeah you don't know what I'm which talking one about? brink brink yeah it's like that but in a cartoon version where you're like married to it a little bit like you want to see these people yeah, like yeah, 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 win yeah. a competition and they're the oh, underdogs yeah. johnny tsunami too. johnny tsunami fucking weird um all right let's get back to being <laughs> creative sorry guys just surf's check up. out the movie surf's up is hilarious there's a chick a little chicken that fucking surfs and he's like he's he's the stoner chicken that the kids all enjoy has <laughs> made as the kids movie and like oh my god that shit is fucking classic uh so okay going mm -hmm. from high school to college you went to school in arizona correct okay so but you go straight from high school to or did you do any community college or anything in hawaii or no um, why'd you want to, why'd you decide to leave? Okay. So, um, again, during high school, um, I was dabbling in the video stuff and I thought it was cool, but I still want to play baseball. So I, I, I tried to, um, I'm pretty, pretty much, pretty much walk on to one of the universities in Hawaii. So I got a scholarship, not for baseball, but I, um, I want, I, you know, I want to stay in Hawaii and play baseball there. So I went for like a semester and just I just hated it. <laughs> what like playing I, baseball? So, I mean, I tried out, but like I could tell that you know I'm I'm not gonna get anywhere with this. And like just the I don't know, just the I guess quote unquote university atmosphere. It's just like I don't want to do this. And it wasn't like the best university for me, I guess. Um, hmm. So I was like, I just like changed my mind. Like okay, like I'm I'm going to the mainland. I have to get out of here. I have to do something else. And I think I'm what, going to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why? Well. Partially, my, my parents actually went, they both, they actually met in Arizona. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, they both left Hawaii to go to school in Arizona. And, um, you know, that's how they met. So, I mean, that was kind of the connection. I just wanted to get out of um, Hawaii. Is that so. like a popular place to go when you come from Hawaii? Like, uh, not, not really. I mean, it kind of was just like a throw dart at the map, map thing and whoever like mm. accepts me at, in college, you know. But the college I got accepted to was, it was, you know, it was like a specific thing for, it was a trade school pretty much, ish. It was like a, like a I don't know how do you say it. It just, um, 
you get your bachelor's faster than a four-year university oh wow so like i found that like yeah i want that because i want to like hurry up and start making money right you know <clears throat> so like i i found that and it was like a it was i could learn video production which you know i ended up wanting to do which and you discovered by being there or you knew when you were going there like i want to go there for video production so I can yeah learn. no yeah I, I knew because of baseball didn't really work out or you know happen to work out um yeah. i wanted to do my second thing which was video production or right. making movies or whatever right so yeah going there and then um like my initial goal, I guess, for the whole thing was I want to, you know, be in Hollywood. I want to make movies. That's my thing. So like, I'm gonna go to school and then I'm gonna try and get there. So, yeah, that's pretty much. Hmm. I, I do you feel like going to a college that has a video production program is a great second option if you cannot afford to go to film school? Being that you haven't gone to film school, but that was your like you and I both experienced a college that has video production. Would it, would you do it again? Would you do all that again? Um, with the knowledge I have now, probably not, because I think the biggest thing I learned from the school I went to is networking. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of the things I learned at the school, I could have learned by myself, and I pretty much did because you know I would they would teach, teach us the basic things, but I would like keep going and be like i'm going to learn this and this and this and this and like the software and stuff but the biggest thing was the networking so like i mean if you're good at networking networking i don't think you need to you know specifically go to a college or film school whatever but um i think it does benefit you in a way that you're surrounded by people that have the same goal i guess Hmm. and that helped me get to where i am i guess today right so i think that for me that was the biggest takeaways from it like I didn't like it didn't teach me how to be super dope at you know doing this with After Effects or whatever I taught that myself right. like not to be you know whatever but you know it was I I think I would do it again just because I'm not good at um, networking without you know <laughs> being around people that already are or that are searching for yeah it. Yeah, yeah so I mean yeah I, I mean, feel like yeah yeah that makes sense because. I think that what it does is it provides like a space to, to start. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, Which yeah. is cool if you don't have a clue right. how to start. I think now we're getting to an era where you can start online and there's right. a lot of like community right. feeling vibes that you would get out of a college. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. I don't know. I always question that. Like, would I do it again? Or was that a good second option? Cause it was the same thing. Like they're teaching. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Even that too. I think, I feel like even though it was not that long ago, it was still a different time. Like now right. you can do everything online. Yeah. Like before it's, it was still kind of like, you know, not all online yet. Yeah. So like it, it kind of transformed while we were in school kind of thing. But I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities now to like not have to go to college. Black with no cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like if, if there's a lot of resources you can do and I, I feel like you don't have to, but it's just, um, you know, you're going to need to go and reach out to, to find people that are going to help you succeed in it so which is the same thing to me as you sitting in a classroom and them just providing that person yeah, yeah, for yeah, you because yeah. that's all that's all you're doing is you're paying an institution to provide you with a curriculum and a person that can guide you through that right, shit. right 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 but it's up to you to like a take it a, a level farther and you like you said go and learn the fucking software inside and out mm-hmm. where they're only teaching you the bare the bare like top shell of the software you know what i mean like i was right. doing the same thing but it was like 
they're teaching me how to fucking roll a XLR cable. And I was like, <laughs> I actually never learned how to do that. And I think I actually <laughs> didn't get that right on the, uh, on the test that we did in class. That was on test. It was like, okay, you have, here's like five things in production that you have to learn how to do. And it was like, roll an XLR cable, how to put the fucking DV camera back, how to dump a DV tape. I'm like, fucking Jesus Christ. The people are learning about that. I own a 70. I got docked points. I think I said this on the podcast before, but we took a doc class. A documentary class. No, it was a... Uh, what the fuck was it? I don't remember what it was, but I took a class and I handed it in. I shot it on a 7D and all the cl- cameras that we rented were DV right. cameras. Like the Sony, the cool ones, you know what I mean? And um, But I shot mine on my camera and I turned it in on a USB stick and I got docked two points or some certain amount of points because I didn't turn it in on a DV tape. Yes, that's well, how I reacted. How, see, it's it, in, interesting too because it's like, it's it's an art, you know. It's not like you need to do specific steps to get to the final yeah. product. So that, that's like a weird thing to, to get docked points off of. I mean, if you if you're if what you turn in was dope as fuck, right? Like, why are you getting docked? You know, that's what know. I'm saying. I'm like, dude, I literally paid to have this nice camera, and right. you want me to ingest it onto a tape, right? So you can plug it in and play it like it was the the issue was that she couldn't play it on the projector i'm like motherfucker it's hooked up to the computer this goes to the computer that goes up there too you show us the computer every day during class on the projector fuck that shit was crazy i couldn't believe that i was like all right i'm gonna take this one i fucking hate school (laughs) and i told my mom i'm dropping out i'm dropping out all the time fucking worse but you did i didn't drop out i made it you kept going no yeah my mom uh, I, i feel so bad because they put me through college uh, and I was just didn't understand what that meant at the time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand yeah, yeah. how much money they were spending. I was just a fucking ignorant little punk dude that hated that shit and got into rap and just wanted to rap all the time <laughs> and fucking tour during the breaks and fucking live my life. <laughs> oh, shout out to the mommies then. Shout out to to, to me mama. It <laughs> um, actually it was really funny because I really did want to drop out and um, oh man, what was who was it that did this shit? They made me feel. Uh, damn, I can't think of, I can't. What do you mean? Um, I don't know. I just totally blanked on who it was that peer pressured me into staying. My Aunt Lisa. Mm. She's not really my aunt, but she is. She was like, wrote me a letter about how much it means to my mom that I'm going to school. And my mom must clearly vented to her, which I'm now realizing. (laughs) She's talking shit about me complaining. (laughs) And, uh, she wrote me some nice ass letter about how much it means to my mom and like how proud they are that I'm doing it. And I was like, fuck it. I'll do another two (laughs) semesters. Like I can do this shit. And I, yeah, I don't know. So basically I went to her. (laughs) So I was just a dick anyway. Um, (laughs) so when you're at school, you when did you develop your business? When did that happen? Like what's interesting to me is that you said, I want to go to school and get it done as fast as possible so I can make money. Like I wasn't even thinking, Right. Like I didn't have that mindset. Right. We'd have job fairs where they bring these people in and you see all these people that are working in the industry that graduated right. from the school and and you're like, Oh, that's cool. They own a video production company, that's pretty dope. Like I, I could work with them sometime. But right. I never thought like I could do it or I could I can make money from this shit, which is so dumb that I was in college not understanding that. No, that's that's true. So when I started, I kinda was open ended. I just wanted to make video. I wanted to make film, I wanted to just make moving pictures, you know? So I, I had no idea what I wanted to do exactly until like 
as I started, because everybody, you know, they, everybody wants to be on set. Everybody wants to, you know, run the camera and be with the stars and the celebrities. And like, I kind of was turned off by that. <laughs> I don't want to do that just because everyone wants to do that. Right. So that's why I kind of like, over time, I kind of realized I want to do post mm. because I feel like that's a lot, um, especially during college, everyone's looking for like the editor or the, can you make this thing catch on fire or something? And nobody can do that. And then so um, when he says post people, he's talking about post production, which is like editing VFX oh, yeah. beyond that. that that's, if that's you don't that. know, yeah, go on. But I mean, um, so like I, I tried. Me and my friends, we would. Um, I, I hope I'm answering your question. But me and my friends, uh, we were poor as fuck. We were, you know, it was. I had like a. I was making minimum wage at this stupid part time job, and like we would spend all our money on making films like on the weekend. Mm. So like we had this little team and I thought it was cool because we had this little team. We had like a director dude. We had this guy who could like act kind of. We had this guy who could do makeup kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and then, and that kind of forced me to be the post guy. Like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll cut it. I'll, I'll put, you know, I'll add the sound effects. I'll do all this. So like right. that kind of pushed me to do more post and I started loving it. Mm. Like originally I wanted to be an editor because I thought that was like the easy thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and all that. But, um, you know, while I'm doing this, I'm still going to school. I'm still learning, you know, all the little elements and all from other people and stuff. But um, we were talking about <laughs> me. Jobs, like taking it to going becoming to like something that can make you money at some point. Right, right. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm learning all these things. And um, so towards the end of college, <clears throat> um, uh, eBay actually came down and they were looking for... Um, they actually went to ASU, which is like right down the street from us, so Arizona State University, and they're looking for you know people to help them film something. So like they were looking for students that were studying. Yeah, film. they were looking for film students at ASU right. um, to uh, help shoot something or whatever. But thankfully, ASU didn't end up responding. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, it was it was weird. Like you, you want to go to this big school and like you know it's eBay. Yeah. And why don't they? So they ended up finding our school, which is like a tiny little school. Actually, it doesn't even it. They closed down like damn years ago but um they found us and then i just so happened to be again going back to networking i was really close with the career services people and like they got me a lot of jobs they got me a lot of internships because of the fact i had a good relationship with them i was able to find these jobs so like it, my original there were just like little projects but this was like the big one their job was to help you yeah. find jobs yeah yeah but so like do you think that they found themselves a backup job when that school closed yeah i Zing. mean they're they're all good i'm still like cool with them we still talk to them really? so chad and amy shout out to chad and amy <laughs> uh but they're they're the ones that ebay is hitting up directly yeah talking okay cool yeah so um, me and my partner his name, uh, roy pena um so me and him we were we were the ones that kind of just kept talking with him and he and i both have like similar skill sets like we know how to run a camera we know how to light we know how to do all that and like we were um constantly with the career services people because you know we wanted to get jobs we wanted right. to make money so, so we like you know we made it a thing that we had that relationship with them so like uh yeah the the ebay people ended up contacting them and you know of course we're the first people they think of because oh yeah you know they're always here bothering right, us right. you know yeah, yeah. so um yeah, so like that was the big thing. And during that time, I already had, I was working my part-time job, my minimum wage job. Doing what? I was like bagging groceries, dog. Right. <laughs> um, but um, Adam DeGrosse did that same shit. Uh, yeah, Post Malone's photographer. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was bagging groceries right. literally until like recently. Started from the bottom. But yeah. so from there, um, I was also working this. Uh, I was doing like editing for this company, and I was like 
it wasn't that good of a job or whatever. So like I had like part-time jobs here and there, but then, um, yeah, when the eBay people happened, that's when we started, you know, creating a company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, at first we didn't know how to do that. It's not like I went to school for business. Right. 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 I went to school for video. Yeah. So I think that's why it's such a big thing is because Roy and I, we both learned on our own how to do this shit. Right. You know, over a course of however long we've been, I think 2011 we started. Damn, that's crazy. Over the course of that, we had to learn how to fucking do taxes, what the fucking LLC is, you know, all that stuff by ourselves. We didn't go to school for it. We had to figure it out ourselves. And like, you know, it became more. So I thought that's, I think that's pretty cool. That is fucking tight. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's crazy. I've, so... When you did, when the eBay situation happened, were they like looking to actually physically hire someone or were they just looking for like interns? Um, Was it a paid job? Like why would they go to the school? Just I, they- I think originally it started as they were just looking for cheap labor kind of thing because it was pretty much we were going to be shooting a, a project they were constructing and then like just um, filming, uh, I mean, creating these really simple videos like, oh, this is what's happening on this month and then next month and then next month. So it started like that. So I'm pretty sure that's all they wanted. Huh. But um, the guy that hired us, um, he's he's kind of he was into video too. He he was into music as well. So he he was very creative. But he saw that I guess the potential in us. Yeah. So he saw that we could do this. So we can do that. We can do that. And he ended up getting more. Um, instead of just doing these super corporate videos, he started getting more. Uh, imaginative i guess and creative with what we want like oh we can have this thing and like we can blow it up and we can do this and do it and like yeah we're down we're done let's do all that yeah, that's tight so like he saw what we had so he ended up keeping us on for longer and then you know getting us for more um for more projects and that's when we decided you know oh we have to you know we have to make a company out of this to protect ourselves and da so yeah, that's kind of how it started was there headquarters in arizona or something no they're in they're in uh, Utah. San, san jose but they just were building something in Phoenix. Oh, okay, I got so, you. Yeah. So I mean, then, by default, you start traveling to all the other centers. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah. right? And just we would, because um, of course eBay. I don't want to like get too much into it, but right, eBay right. is um, what they're pretty much what we're doing is simplified. Is um, so eBay and all you know tech companies they run on data centers, and which are insane. Yeah, it's they're just huge computers, pretty much that run their you know, infrastructure, I mean, they had infrastructure that run their shit, you yeah. know, but, um, we would be going cause eBay and all tech companies, they have them all over the world. They have them in the weirdest locations. You would never know that, you know, they're all hidden because nobody wants to, you know, show this is where all, all our information f- runs. Through. <laughs> yeah, true. But, um, yeah, so we would be flying all over and shooting videos for, you know, specific locations like everywhere, um, in the country. So that's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty fun. So what, what were like some big mistakes that you, you know, you learned a lot from in the early ages of like building an LLC or did you ever find yourself getting fucked or did the dude that was kind of hiring you out, was he kind of guiding you guys? Like, did he know that you were very new and green? No, he, he, he didn't, he had nothing to do with us. I'm, I'm glad. So I'm not saying the smartest person, but I'm glad Roy and I are pretty clever. We're pretty creative. And I mean, um, we're pretty smart. You know, we, we will, will adapt to situations. So like, you know, we'll find out, okay, we need to be able to spend money while we're on those trips. So we should get a credit card. You know, we should do this. We should do that. Mm. So we had to learn that ourselves. I think the, um, a big thing about it was, um, making sure we had enough money to run the business, which we didn't have <laughs> because we're just starting, you know? Yeah. So like, it was pretty much, we started and I'm like, holy shit, we're making blah, blah, blah 
per video. This is crazy. Were they giving you the budgets? Yeah. Oh, see, that's a fucking layup, too. If they're just like, this is how much money we have, you don't have to try yeah, to yeah. decide what you're worth. Well, even that, we were like trying to figure out, okay, how much are we going to charge them? And we're like thinking, like, you know, 20 bucks an hour or yeah. whatever. And like that, we thought 20 bucks was a lot. Fuck yeah, it was. <laughs> you know? I remember getting paid $20 an hour. I was like, <laughs> and like it, it got crazier because of the fact that, like, of course, going back to the career services people that we were hanging out with, we're like, how much should we charge them? And they're like, oh, we think maybe 30, 30, I think 30, 35 an hour. And we thought that was wild. Like, are you serious? <laughs> they're going to say fucking no. But, you know, but like, you know, we ended up doing that. And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And like, it kind of just went from there. Wow. I mean, we, you know, ended up doing more than that. But Yeah, right. But like starting out, yeah, you start yeah. making like $35. You're like, yeah, that's wow. nuts. You know, you, and you're in college. Did you finish college? Yeah, I finished. Right. I so got like, my, my bachelor's. So how much time were you dedicating to the business when you were in college? Um, we got like the job maybe three months before we ended college. Oh, cool. So like we were already working. So right. like, we were lucky as fuck. Like I want to say lucky because, you know, it's a totally awesome opportun- opportunity. But, you know, I, I feel like we put ourselves in that situation. Yeah, right. Like we got there. So I thought, you know, that was pretty cool. But I feel like it's, I don't know, it's got to be pretty rewarding to like have a company like eBay be one of your clients right out the gate or PayPal yeah. or whoever you want. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, like, I was pretty stoked. <laughs> I would have been fucking that. going bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know. That's just like so big. I mean, right. it's eBay. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like these are companies that you use all the time right. or at the time we use them all the time. Um, so going from that point, like you get out of college, how long do you work with eBay and PayPal and, and companies? Were you doing any other client work or was it strictly that was like your bread and butter? Well, yeah, that was, that was, we were strictly with eBay. They were giving us enough work for us to like, we don't need anything else. Yeah. <laughs> um, by that time, like right out of college, we were already like, we had like at least two, three trips a month, like flying out doing these things. And of course, like we had to figure out ways to like, you know, how are we paying for these trips and da And like, you know, we had to build the business around that. But um, yeah, I mean, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> how... Uh, how how long did you do that before moving? Like to, how long were you working with PayPal and and eBay until you decided to move to LA? Because or no, because you, you eventually moved to Utah, right? Which was for the same business? thing. We were following. Um, so eBay finished what they had to do in Phoenix, and they ended up moving to uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, so it takes them a long time to do whatever the yeah, thing is. Yeah, it was is. probably two and a half years. My friend's dad did uh, built um, a data center for Verizon in Florida and he ended up being there for a fucking long ass time mm-hmm. it, way over what they projected the time was going to be We're like damn like they bought a house down there wow. for the time being and then well I mean even that out. first project they're still adding shit to it so like yeah. we still get work from that that's so, crazy yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> um, but you moved to Utah for that job like for yeah, the we, next we job were just, we were just following the money basically um, and yeah we just uh during that time we were trying to branch out more because we we're like by that time we we're like kind of getting tired because this is not what we went to school for we didn't go to school just to do corporate videos right you know so we we're trying to find ways to branch out but i mean it was the ebay stuff was just so easy that like we didn't have to do that <laughs> so a lot of the money i made like i just like pretty much traveled like did thing like that's where my money was going just traveling right so um yeah so i don't know like a couple years into salt lake city we found out they were going to go to the next location was going to be uh, Reno. Reno. It was going to be in Reno. And then, um, I don't know, I've never been to Reno, but 
I, I, I don't care if I ever <laughs> do yeah. go to Reno. But um, at that point, I was like thinking, do I want to spend the next three years, you know, doing this? You know, this is not what I want to do. This is, you know, I'm pretty much following what, you know, my guy is telling me to do. Right. And like, it's, it's not exciting. Like, yeah, I'm getting paid. I'm getting this money. I'm, you know, super comfortable. But, um, yeah, so I started thinking about moving to Hollywood, which I originally wanted to do, like, since high school kind of thing, and making movies. So um, that thought kind of came, came into my head. But I was terrified because <laughs> uh, this place is expensive. It's, it's, there's, it's so much uh, competition. Right. Like, I'm nobody. You know, what am I going to do on all that? <clears throat> so, yeah, it, it kind of, like, evolved from a little idea to, like, getting bigger and bigger to the point where, like, I'm, like, I have to do it. And, like... It's just talking with people that already lived here and like a lot of my friends that um I would make those films in like college, they already lived here. Oh, so they like, did they moved Yeah, they moved here pretty much after college. Was a lot of the people you went to college with, was that like their aspirations was to be in LA and make movies? Uh or uh, yeah, a, a lot of them yeah, want that, wanted that. I mean, it's just like a chosen few that are here. <laughs> right, right, right. But it's, um yeah, so like, you know, I kept in contact with them and they kept telling you have to come, you have to come, but like it's I was still terrified of it because it's just like, I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think, you know, all these things. So, um, yeah. I mean, eventually, um, one of my friends ended up getting me, uh, hooking me up with someone that actually worked here. And they're like, um, I'm trying not to like say a lot of names. Right. Um, and that I could get a job like potentially, you know, in Hollywood or LA and like, that's a big thing because I feel like a lot of people come here and they're like, they work like at, you know, like a, a Starbucks or something for like five years until they finally land something. Right. But if I can move here right now and have a job now, that'd be pretty awesome. So that's kind of what happened. And I kind of just, my mom flew up from Hawaii and she helped me move everything. And I got here and I ended up, you know, interviewing at that job and I got it within like the week I moved here. Damn. So yeah. And it was like one of the hardest things though, because, um, like leaving, not leaving the company, but just saying I can't do it anymore with my partner because... Um, yeah, I was wondering how that worked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So like I was like terrified to tell him that because, you know, we were pretty much set. Like he he kind of like was starting his family kind of thing too. And like this is easy money for us kind of. Yeah. But um, like I, I didn't want to be, you know, part of that. But um, we kind of finally said, you know, we kind of mutually agreed that, you know, we should start doing something else because we've been doing this for oh, whatever, five, six years and um, I think what was dope, though, is we, we, we uh, maintained that relationship with the companies we worked with, and we still, to this day, work with them. Just, you know, not full-time or whatever. We just have them always popping up with projects that they need. That entire time, you guys were, like, a freelance company that they would hire outsource for yeah, jobs, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. You were never, like, an employee of their... No. Got it. But, I mean, like, yeah, we, we used a lot of their... Uh, we were, like, pretty much exclusive to them. So right. So, it's like, yeah. Cool. So he, your partner ended up leaving as well? Yeah. So my partner ended up moving to Austin, Texas. And now he has, um, he's doing pretty well down there. And he's, we st he has a, I think he has a full-time job and he's working on his shit. Um, he's pretty much same thing as me. He kind of like a, I think he had a full-time job, but he's like working a lot of freelance stuff now. Right. So like we're both kind of doing our own thing, but um, yeah, he has his family down there and then I'm here now. Right. So what what was the job? What were you doing? Editing when you first came here? 
Um, you I said was, that you came here, applied, like you you did an inter in, Jesus, you did an interview, right? When you came to LA, and right. then right away you got the fucking job. Yeah, I interviewed with this guy named Addison Allen. Oh, <laughs> my boy Addison. <laughs> Addison. Yeah, and really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, this was straight yes. to riveting. Yes. Oh, I, that's how I got it. Yeah. Damn. For some reason, I thought you did something else before. No. So who? Addison was your plug? No. So my friend um, Chris, he knew someone that I guess the the he knew uh, Max. Oh yeah, right. And I guess they were looking for someone to work at uh, riveting. Right. And. Um, so Chris, my friend from college, he plugged me with Max, who ended up, you know, introduced me to Addison, who I guess Max kind of referred me. Right. And um, yeah, so I finally got, I got that interview within the week I moved in, uh, moved to LA. And man, how lucky is that shit? Just to have a job right fuck. out the gate. That's crazy. It is, and like you know, I had a at this company too, like this. Uh, Was I there before you were? I think. You were like maybe a month. Yeah, because I remember you. I just remember seeing you and be like, "Who the fuck is this dude?" Yeah, because I, I knew Max for a little bit, and then Max like had lunch, and then he ended up quitting, and mm -hmm. he left, and then I think you showed up. I think you I was replaced there, him, right? Yeah, I was there the day that he. Oh, okay, yeah. So I had been there for a little bit. How long were you there? Like a um, couple months. Though, like pretty much off Chris Brown's dock, we were there for. What well, were you? You were shooting with him, right? Um, the doc for Chris's doc, I shot some BTS. I didn't shoot. I would just be there for the interviews for the edit purpose of like writing with Andrew. Right. Like me and Andrew were like making sure we had the questions dialed in. And, you know what I mean? Right, I was right, just right, like right. assisting in that sense. So it was just oh. like all hands on deck. I just did everything. Uh, but I don't know what, to, what when I actually got there. I can't remember when I moved out. It was July 2015 or something. That's when you went? Yeah. Yeah. June or July. I don't know. Right. Because we were there for Five, a while. Four years already. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so you get there, and right away, what are some of the jobs you get put on? Um, so I got hired as an uh, assistant editor. editor, uh, And that's where I met JR Strickland. Shout uh, out to JR. Yeah, JR is awesome. But um, I think the first first video I helped with was the liquor video for Chris Brown. Mm -hmm. And like it was just, that was awesome. Like, I'm here knowing that, you know, I'm working on a Chris Brown. I'm so used to, because I would, I would like wreck YouTube with videos of my dog. And <laughs> like, I would get in a VFX idea and like do it with my dog. I'd do a stupid video with my dog. Right. He had and, a whole series. But now like, yeah, I'm not like now I'm working with, you know, this is Chris Brown. I grew up with Chris Brown. I know Chris Brown, you know, right. he's like our age or my age or whatever. And like, just, that was pretty nuts. So, I mean, that was yeah. cool. <laughs> I know. I remember it being so weird because it's like, like the day that I was on set with him for like the seven streeter video. And then I was just like, damn, that's that dude right there. Like he's <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. fucking famous and shit. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then just to be in the process and then you like build a relationship with them. You know what right, I mean? Over right, time, right. it's cool. Right. Um, so you did that video and what were you doing? Just like setting up the project and like tedious shit? Or? Pretty much. But of course I didn't want to be an assistant editor. <clears throat> um, I was just, you know, I want to make, the special effects and so i learned that jr is a wizard at special effects so like i got to flex too because right. of the fact that i know he you know knew about it so like we could both bounce ideas off it so we like eventually we were like dude we're both badass at vfx you know and we were you know i kind of showed him what i can do and you know we kind of bounce ideas off i think that was cool because um yeah we ended up doing a lot of vfx together at that company 
So, did did you you would get VFX credit, but you just weren't you were just a pretty much yeah right okay I got you. What uh like you end up doing what other videos you did? Did you do like you did a Lady Gaga one right? Did you guys do something with Lady Gaga? Yeah, we did. Uh, we actually did. Uh, we did a lot of like beauty work, visual effects on the Lady Gaga. Uh, the uh, what the hell was that guy's name? Um, the fashion dude, Tom Ford. Mm, yeah. So uh, I guess they had like some kind of visual fashion show, and we ended up helping with um, like a Lady Gaga video and like doing a lot of beauty and cleanup and stuff. Even it wasn't like pretty VFX. It was more like a. You know, I remember those like black streaks on the floor. Or yeah, something. you guys got rid of all that. that. Like, He's stupid. these him Jr. Like the way these motherfuckers can make shit disappear in videos, it is unreal. <laughs> it is fucking unreal. Mm-hmm. I loved in Jr. Like Jr.'s podcast, he talks. Well, I remember sitting there when he did it, but in one of Chris Brown's videos, they they needed to replace um, like Coca Cola logos or something. Mm-hmm. Like we're at a gas station and there's yeah, Coke, yeah. so he swapped them all out and was putting like fake logos, but then he put like his nieces name yeah. in the poster or whatever which is so fucking tight to me because you can literally like recreate the world oh, yeah, i actually did that with the uh, one of the chris i, I put my name backwards on the, yeah. the wall or something and remember when we did uh <laughs> i think in the dock isn't it, it uh remember the scene where he like trips out and he like fucking yells at the valet and we we'd show it's like youtube and we zoom out didn't we isn't our names in oh the- yeah yeah, yeah. We put a little <laughs> easter eggs in there that yeah. Was, yeah yeah there's a bunch of names in there damn i forgot about that shit yeah, i should go watch that yeah um, we made it look like we were like in the comments on the youtube video like we replaced all yeah, the old, yeah, yeah. those videos with <laughs> our shit like our names or whatever uh <laughs> that was fun damn that's crazy what are some other projects i mean like working with chris was crazy just because that consume i mean from the point where you got there it became it was all chris brown like mm-hmm. all he was like our main right thing that we did for that whole first year basically right um like how did i don't know how did how did that progression happen for you to kind of like showcase to to everyone else that you do vfx and then for people because like when we did uh fine by me that music video like it was literally me and kavika staying up all night long <laughs> and i'm cutting the video like we just had a session with chris chris left i'm like fine-tuning the edit beyond mm-hmm. what we came up with with him sending i think i was like as i'm editing i'm sending you plates so mm-hmm. i we're dishing off footage to the other mm-hmm. computer so he's in the other room and we're just going back and forth and he gave me a vfx plate <laughs> a plate for people who don't know can you describe what a plate is a plates just pretty much after the the cuts the edits locked um you know each vfx there's you know there's vfx in each scene or you know there's going to be vfx applied to each you know cut in the edit but the plate's pretty much just the raw cut in the timeline right so yeah the plate is just him sending me that raw um cut in the timeline for me to add the vfx to so. right so if there's ever anything i need kavika to like do something to i would kick out a quick time four 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 right um which is like the highest quality version of that clip that i could send him and then he can apply his vfx and then he'll send me the clip back and it should be if I don't fucking touch anything, as easy as just dropping that clip back in and it replaces my old clip. So right. we call those plates. Right. So I would literally be creating plates and sending them over to him and then he would send the VFX back to me and then I would do it and then we'd try it. We'd have notes and Addison, Alan, shout out to Addison, <laughs> would be sitting there like coaching us to stay awake <laughs> because we had to have the fucking cut done by like 8 a.m. or yeah. something. Remember I it had to, to go to MTV? They had by to like, drop it yeah, on MTV at a specific time or something. And uh, so we had to hit this deadline. So we were literally finishing the video all the way up to this deadline. Right, right. And like I think... 
I would be rendering or exporting. So I would like go take a nap for like 20 minutes and then Addison would like set an alarm to wake me up to be like, Hey, the render's done. You have to finish rendering the next part or something. And it would just be so fucking crazy. And then Addison got a fucking car accident <laughs> and then he left, he left riveting to go home, got T-boned by some girl who blew a fucking red light, wrecked his car and then just went back. He Ubered back to the office and then just kept working because that shit woke him up. That was nuts. I, I honestly can remember that specific day. Like, I think we finished the video and I don't know if I went up by myself or if you went up, did we go up to the rooftop for the, the sunrise? Yeah. And we just like, we're sitting up there and I, yeah, I yeah. remember just going up there and just be like, chilling. fuck, I'm in LA, man. This is crazy. Yeah, like yeah. the amount of shit we were doing uh -huh, uh -huh. that no one knows about mm -hmm. is something, I don't know. It's hard for me. It's weird because it's so nostalgic, nostalgic for me because it's like talking about this i can remember the sunset yeah. you know what i mean like yeah, i remember yeah. being like i just need to get home and sleep but <laughs> yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time i'm like damn i can't believe i just did that you know what i mean it was yeah it was pretty exhilarating i guess yeah. it, was, it was such a cool feeling even though like you know we're killing ourselves physically this <laughs> yeah. is this is for the like we want to finish this addison was... almost literally <laughs> <laughs> almost literally addison yeah well, I, I i get i get that man fuck that shit that was crazy, crazy. Yeah, we really did push ourselves. It, it, it became difficult because it's like you want to apply so much of your expertise and do all this shit and to the point where you have to find like a happy balance. I think mm -hmm. that that's what's cool is that we all kind of were able to grow and understand that at a certain mm -hmm. point. Like like now to me now, it seems more important than ever to yeah. like try to find some sort of balance in my life, whether it's like an hour to like go to the gym at least right. like a couple times a week or something like or take a trip. Like I still can't do that. Mm-hmm. I still haven't, like, in my head, I'm making an excuse that my parents are coming tomorrow, and then that's my vacation, that I'm just not going to mm -hmm. work for, like, four days. Yeah, yeah. But I need to go to a fucking beach and, like, just chill with Lauren somewhere right, fucking cool. Right, right, But I just never do. Like, there's always a reason not to. And that mm -hmm. shit sucks. That's fucking difficult. Especially back then, it was like, I don't know how I would have done it if Lauren lived here. Like, it wouldn't right. have been fucking possible. Right. Like, we literally would be working, like, mm -hmm. every hour of the day. Mm-hmm. Damn. So what was some of like your, your favorite achievements during that era? Um, I think at first it was getting nominated. Um, we got nominated for the, you know, the Chris Brown video series. Yeah. And I thought that was so sick because I it's too. like, I just got here yeah. like within a year. Oh shit. I'm nominated. We're nominated for VMA, you know? But of course we lost to, of course, who did we lose to? The Beyonce. queen, <laughs> my boss. We lost to Beyonce. Yeah, we of did. Of course. But, um, I think that was a huge thing because, you know, it was it was a big thing for me because it was a series of videos and like i had a huge hand in like the huge. vfx of it and like a lot of the things and like that's when i first started like being able to you know interact with a legit celebrity and i thought that was a big deal too yeah. because like i have interacted with you know not just celebrities but just like very powerful people in like um ebay and like tech companies and stuff so like i kind of was like okay with that but this was like chris this guy like meant something to me mm. Because, you know, these tech, I mean, nobody knows the nerds. Of the right. tech but this is Chris Brown. <laughs> yeah. So I think the big thing was, like, actually bouncing creative ideas off of someone that's already, you know, established in this industry. Right. So I think that was a big thing. And I remember being, like, I remember we finished that video, Fine By Me. And I remember we had another edit session, like, the next night for the other video. We were literally, so we got nominated for VMA for Best Long Form Video. Right. Uh, because we did eight videos, six. I think so. I don't eight. Know if it, was this a whole album? Eight. It I was like it was a, a chunk of his entire royalty album. So 
you know, it's like a whole movie or whatever. Right. But in the process of filming that, we would we dropped one. We dropped there was like two that dropped right away, and then there was like a two month period, and then they dropped the next four or something like that, next six, and it, I think it was six total. But they dropped all these videos, and we had to do one every day for a week straight. So, but they weren't done. That's why we were mm-hmm. like fucking finishing Fine by Me, and then had to switch over and do the next one, mm-hmm. and the next one, and it was like full chaos. But we did it. We got it all fucking done, which was impressive. But mm-hmm. I remember we did Fine by Me, and that shit looks so ill. And the VFX that you did was like, it's basically like. Chris is in some fucking this world. He's got to fight these these bad guys, mm-hmm. and you were adding like these crazy like streaks and shit. And he looked like a Dragon Ball Z character. <laughs> and the next day we go, we're editing again, and I'd be editing with him, him and Andrew Sandler, and we were like talking. He was like, "Man, that shit was hard." Blah blah. blah. And you walked in, I was like, yeah, I, "I knew how important it was to be like recognized for what you did," right. and that didn't really happen. Like he didn't know who did the VFX. Right. You know what I mean? Like he just knew it got done. Right. But to me, it's like important for us as artists to, re- you know, real yeah, recognize yeah, yeah, real. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you walked in, I was like, "Yo, he's the." I hate Chris. I'm like, "Yo, he's the fucking dude that made that shit look crazy with the right. VFX." He's like, "Oh shit, bro, yo, plus like yeah, whatever yeah, he yeah. said." And I was like, "To me, it was important for you to exp- like." have him understand you know what i mean like i don't know that as soon as when he recognized what i was capable of doing you know what i mean like it just changes your mindset it gives you totally does it i remember uh when i had left riveting um at one point i was told from somewhere that uh (laughs) i guess chris was looking for the guy with the hair because he wanted some VFX or some shit. Yeah. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Like, just being recognized. And, like, I'm never going to cut my hair now. You know? Like, just the fact that, Where's yeah. that fucking guy with the hair? And I, I think it's cool because you were the actually, one, actually the one that introduced me to Chris yeah. originally the first time. And, like, I, I totally get that. And I think that's pretty awesome. And now he follows both of us on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's that's I think that's part of, like, a lot of people don't get it but I feel like that has to it goes back to communicating like we both found out that we were good at communicating or could build relationships and Mm -hmm. that's like super key in progression because now I can go to anything with Chris and Mm -hmm. he knows who I am you know what I mean like right right away it's cool like we're always good like I don't know it's it's important to do that and it's important to develop those types of relationships with the people you work with so you can understand and see eye to eye on shit you know what I mean and that was always like a weird thing there but uh, when you for the doc, JR started it, you finished it, right? Right. VFX wise. Because JR left in the middle of the. Yeah. He like ended up leaving Riveting in the middle of the doc. But like, you took over, and what was like some of the main shit that you were doing for that? Um, a lot of the TV comps. <laughs> so all the, the visuals that are displayed on screen, on, on the TV screens in that uh, documentary. You're trying to tell me that we didn't plug in all those old ass TVs and had <laughs> crazy no, videos? That shit's fake. <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me that when it switches from one tv perfectly rack focusing to the other tv of chris saying something and then it cuts to this news that that's not real no it's it's all vfx but Damn. what's uh crazy i think there are like 80 total shots and um so i had it on this hard drive why are you laughing? i had all my vfx on the hard drive and like i think i had finished it i think they're like ready to be put like finals delivered i mean waiting for color i think it was and like I plugged in my hard drive and uh, they weren't there. Uh-uh. So I remember asking everyone who uh, 
you know, who Oh, I did business. this. <laughs> I forgot about this. Oh, shit. So, yeah, Ben then ended up oh, uh, clearing no. my hard drive. So, thankfully, oh, no. though, I had a backup in the and like on google storage or something and like i was able to do it like i had to do work again but i ended up redoing i actually it was good in a way because i was prouder of the yeah. final product right <laughs> you know but then you know i had you know like so something to do but. i just want to make this clear right now on this podcast i've had two different individuals you've had you who did 80 some plates of vfx right. comping tvs that i deleted all of your work i'm sorry I also had Travis Lloyd who wrote uh, the second half of his book, <laughs> a novel <laughs> that he left on my lap on my computer that he was writing it on for five, six days in my house. Mm-hmm. And I just fucking drug that bitch and put it in the <laughs> trash can and I deleted it because he had already left. So right. I assumed he backed the shit up and he calls me, dude, please tell me, will you send me the, I need you to send me a copy of my book. And I'm like, your book. He's like, yeah, the file is on your desktop. I'm like, uh, I don't think there is a file on my desktop. And then I'm like, dude, by default, if it's my computer, I just throw away right, clutter. Right, right. Like that's my default yeah, yeah, setting. Yeah, yeah. And I trashed this whole fucking book. He had to rewrite the book and like he had like a deadline he had to hit. And it was the same thing. He said he was also proud of it. He felt like it was probably a stronger version because he did it twice. Uh, yeah. We're but just, we're just saying that to make you feel better. Thanks, dude. Fuck, I totally <laughs> forgot about me deleting those fucking videos. I cannot believe that shit. Fucking idiot. Oh, well, I mean, I, I, we didn't make a big deal about it. I didn't make a big deal about it. it no, you didn't, because I totally forgot. <laughs> I, I don't know if I ever really fully understood what I did at that time. Damn, fuck. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, go watch the Welcome to My Life video, because... Yeah, it's there's, still on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix, for sure. And it's crazy, because there are so many TVs. We use, we use that as, like, a cutaway creatively. It was Andrew's idea to cut to this world where there's a bunch of old TVs and now I mean now everyone does this shit like cuts to these TVs right. or whatever but at the time we thought it was really unique and so you cut to these TVs and you would see this footage playing like if we say we cut to some B-roll that was like a news person reporting on Chris or if it's like a interview or something like we could cut to these TVs and we would display them there so he had to go and get rid of reflections that were on these on the glass and make that shit comped and make it look like it physically fit there and the we're moving the camera so we had to match it so it looked real that's so much work and i just deleted that shit (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry dog (laughs) i don't care oh it's over it's it's out what was there anything else that you did in that was there that probably wasn't that vfx heavy besides the titles the titles and like just the little uh screen elements that you know like the youtube thing you were talking about oh right like like little things like that yeah man what did it feel like to have that like so the movie premiered in la first before it went live on on right in theaters but um how did it feel for you i would love to hear your perspective of it having the movie come out and then seeing like a theater of like a thousand people watch that shit well it's it's funny because we're so used to watching cueing it over and over and over and we're just watching on these little screens you know but finally going into a theater you know after you know you grow up watching movies at the theater it's like an event it's mm. a thing that you look forward to like oh we're going to the movies on friday or whatever it's like exciting but finally seeing something that you created or you had a hand in creating it was you know pretty pretty awesome and yeah. just like seeing like when you know even though yeah they're cheering for chris brown we're 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 portraying we're we're portraying him with this video we're making him look good and just knowing that people are like cheering and clapping and just being excited about the fact that oh this guy's up there 
we helped him, you know, kind of. We, we told sh- it. Yeah, yeah. We, like, they're cheer- it's not, they, it could be, I wouldn't say we made him look good. I think we told his story mm-hmm. in the best light that we could, truthfully. Right. But I think what you mean is, like, we could have done it bad, and they could have yeah. been like, this is the fucking garbage movie. This shit doesn't make sense. No, I mean, the like, story it, is trash. Even, I, I was proud of it. I yeah. guess I could say, you know, I'm pretty sure we were all proud of it when it came out and all that. And I think that's, it was a really cool feeling. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was, um, it was cool just to like, when you said QC, QC means quality check for my mom. My mom doesn't know what that means. She listens oh, to it. She listens to it? Uh, oh, yeah. My mom's probably going to listen to it too. Shout out to our moms. Um, Stop swearing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I swear. <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, quality check. So that basically means, so if people don't know when you're making a documentary, what we did was we divided the film into three, maybe four chunks. What do we call those? Uh, remember. remember Addison has some fancy yeah, words for this shit. Uh, reels. We make them into reels. So you'd have real one, which is like the first 20 minutes. You'd have real two, which is like the next 10 minutes, real three, et cetera. And so that way, when you export the film, you would export however many reels you know when you wanted to watch it like if we had a test run in a theater and we had four reels we would export all four reels so we would export it then we would watch each reel to make sure it was right like there was no errors in that in the in the piece like maybe a clip was off or whatever then you would take that put it into another sequence so you would line up all four videos so they would play seamlessly with each other so the entire film would play in order and then you would export that and then have to watch that again. <laughs> and that's just to get it ready to be seen by someone. You just want to make sure the cut's all done proper. So you quality, you're checking the quality of your film. And we had to do that a fucking million times. Mm-hmm. And that shit, I don't know how many times we've seen this goddamn movie. <laughs> like so many times. But the idea is that if something were messed up, the beauty of doing it in chunks. So if you're thinking about creating a documentary, definitely consider doing it this route. But the beauty of it is that when, Oh shit, there's uh, at minute 10 42, there's a fucking something is offline mm-hmm. or whatever. Like you have to go fix it. You would just go back and fix that one reel and then export that one reel. So that way you only have to quality check that one specific mm-hmm. part. And then you would just add it back in and it's supposed to make it a little bit faster, but damn, we watched that shit so many times. Mm-hmm. So by the time we got to the theater, and could see it with a thousand people like that's the weird i thought it was so weird like i'm sitting Mm -hmm. there like you know hoping that the this hit or this specific turn of events or whatever Mm -hmm. makes people react yeah Yeah. jump or cry or whatever like i don't know it's so cool to see that shit yeah um did you go to any of the theaters when it played besides the just that one you didn't go just the opening we went to both week weekends me and andrew would Lauren and who else would come with us? I think it was just us three. Did you go to the one back home too? To I wanted uh, to. I, I was home, but I had to, I left the day before to be able uh, to go to the I don't know to something specific. But my whole family watched it in my hometown, which is dope sick. as fuck. Yeah, it was sick. Um, I don't know. That shit was just so crazy. And then it's all over the world. It's just nuts mm-hmm. how many times you've run into people and they they've seen it or whatever, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, I did that shit. Right. It's fucking the coolest feeling. So after that finishes. Did you do Mary's? Yep. So we did Mary J. Blige's documentary about um, her studio album, Strength of a Woman. Uh, it was like a studio al- album documentary that premiered on VH1, which was dope. Um, what all did you do on that? Just like regular There's stuff? There's a lot of cleanup stuff and there's a lot of, <clears throat> yeah, just regular, yeah. you know, 
Oh, but we did have what I loved VFX wise was when we made it look like the world ended. And oh you, yeah, you, yeah, remember yeah, that yeah. shot of my yeah, drone? Yeah, yeah. That shit looks so sick. We I got a drone fun. shot of the Sixth Street Bridge. So they had already torn it down, which is perfect timing, <laughs> and it happened mm-hmm. to be like right by our location. So I had the shot where I like pull up and reveal, and then Kavika made it look like the entire place just got destroyed by like a fucking. I don't know, World War Z bombing scenario. <laughs> I think I did a bunch of other little uh, effects too, but I think a lot of them weren't actually in the final cut. Like but for what? I, I think I, I built like a, a speaker, like a 3D speaker. Oh, yeah. And shit like that, but I don't think a lot of it made the final cut. Right. But I mean, a lot of it was in there, so. Mm. I have, I've yet to like watch the whole thing in its entirety. <laughs> yeah, it's online. It it's, is? Someone put it on YouTube. Oh. I saw it leaks because it went. It, it debuted on VH1 and then they were going to do something with it and no, nothing ever happened. So, mm. But we just looked it up yesterday. I was with Nicole, her uh, executive producer, and she, we like, she's like, it's on YouTube now. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I'm going to go check it out then. Yeah, check out the movie. Um, so then what happens after that? You end up, you parted ways at Riveting mm-hmm. and started being like a solo VFX artist editor? Right. Uh, yeah, so I felt like um at Riveting. Um yeah when I was working with my company, um, we worked whenever we wanted to work. We didn't have a set set schedule, we didn't do anything that but when I moved to LA I wanted to grind. I wanted to get the forty hour a week job, you know, which was the least amount of hours we worked a week. (laughs) Yeah. But um (laughs) damn. Yeah, like I, I wanted to just go in and just like kill myself doing it because I wanted to form new relationships like I did in college. I wanted to do new things. I wanted to um yeah, so like, I figured out, you know, I don't know how how long I was at, a year, year and a half or whatever. I don't even know how long I was at Riveting. But then I realized that I kind of missed working on my own schedule. And I, I felt like by the time um, I was like, towards the ending I was at Riveting, I realized that um, I had enough, I had made enough connections. I had made enough, you know, there was these people that I worked with um, outside of Riveting that I could do this myself, like a freelancer in um in LA and survive yeah which is also terrifying if you think about it yeah freelancing itself is terrifying but doing it in LA against all this competition everything was again terrifying but um yeah like I, I, I and then there was projects picking up with my company that I still worked at which I, I put off to the side just for that year um, while I was working at Riveting just so I could focus you know working in Hollywood but then yeah so I, I slowly got out of that and like I built my clientele and all that and um yeah now i'm like full-time freelance i guess and then you will work with like nocturnal effects Mm -hmm. which is jr's company you'll do stuff with them and bounce around just collaborate with different people at that point yeah pretty much it's 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 interesting because once you have that in so my in was like the people i worked with at riveting um everybody just talks so you know i'll work with ben and ben will like reference me to someone else and like i'll kind of work with this person right and then we just go from there so like I, I was confident enough in my, you know, web of people that I was like, okay, I can do this. So yeah. So. So what were some of the challenges starting? It's almost like you're starting your own business again. Right. Um, what were some of those that you faced? Was there any, challenges? or was it simple? Like, was it just you could be busy enough to flow by? And well, I mean, uh, challenges, I guess, is of course just staying busy and like you never have a consistent thing because you know my old job was cons- consistent, but I had to like refine my ebay and find you know these people again so but i mean it wasn't as difficult because i kind of knew i needed this for my, my business i needed this and that right but um yeah i mean it kind of flowed pretty well 
so what would you say like would would these two videos that you got the the moon men were those like the first big big videos you did as a freelancer uh yeah interestingly it's one of the biggest or one of the videos right after um yeah jr hit me up after i i left and um he said that we have these videos <clears throat> i don't they, they weren't related at all they were just two separate projects that just so happened to be nominated but um yeah they were both through nocturnal and we both um we were both on set or i, I was on set for the light video I don't, I don't remember yeah he was on set for the logic video i think and like yeah we were just uh you know we did all the vfx <laughs> so when you go to set are you you're can you explain to people like what that's supposed to be like you're you're like assisting the director to make sure that they're accomplishing the shots that would work right yeah so like vfx supervisor so you're just making sure because you know a lot of people they don't understand the post process they don't understand um or the post-production process they don't understand what is specifically needed for a specific effect so like if you want you know this to catch on fire you need to make sure that you know this is and the camera's moving you need to perfectly light it so that the tracking is perfect or the the green screen's lit perfectly so being on set as a VFX supervisor, um, so like for the light video, me and JR were there. And so we were making sure that, oh, this guy's lit this way so that when we add the light, it looks natural, it looks right. correct and all that. And yeah, so that's basically what they do on set. I, I feel like that's so important for people to start, when you're creating something that you know is gonna need VFX, I feel like it, you should always be consulting mm -hmm. with the VFX department like mad early. Yeah, that, that's why, I know this is, it's, it's kind of weird, but I really prefer when people contact me, like if they want work from me, when they're in the pre-production process. Mm. Because I want to be there with your pre-production. Because you need me <laughs> yeah. to tell you, okay, yeah, you can do this, you can't do this, and the best way to achieve this. Or if anything, I'm going to give you better ideas. You know, like, oh, you can do this instead. This right. is going to be cooler. It's going to be more effective. But um, so a lot of times I would like, choose the job because i'll choose the jobs that come to me during pre-production it's like a big thing for me and you know i'll only do like other jobs that because i hate when people are coming to me when it's already shot and like oh can you do this and do i need to make them fly yeah, through space like, motherfucker and if it doesn't look perfect they're gonna be like oh can you make it do it? like no it wasn't shot for this so, yeah you know yeah i hate i hate that shit <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's so it's so unnecessary. Like yeah. it could be fixed by just paying someone a little bit more to come in yeah. a little bit mm -hmm. earlier. Um, <sighs> damn, I don't. There's so much shit that I feel like I've been doing all the talking because I just know your story. <laughs> mm. No, um, I feel like I've been talking a lot. The <laughs> no, you're good. So going on beyond, you won these, which is crazy, right? How, how like when you go home? Is it weird? What do you mean? Like, do people... I mean, you fucking did it. You left Hawaii and fucking... Made uh, I mean, it's not weird because I, I always... I, I still want to make movies. Movies yeah. are still my thing I want to do. I'm not anywhere near where I want to be. Hmm. But I, I, I know that I've accomplished things that, you know, people wish they could have. But, you know, I don't see it as, like, like an end or anything. But yeah, when when I go when I go home, it's pretty cool when people are like, "Oh yeah, you did this," and like you know they recognize it, and yeah. So I mean, it's 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 cool, but it, it's still like I'm not where I want to be, right, so right. it's not you know. What do you what what do you do to grow as a VFX artist in in Los Angeles, especially like a solo VFX artist? Like what um, challenges or you know or not challenges? What kind of uh, <laughs> 
damn, what, what can I think today? Yo, I'm so tired. I've been tired for like days. Mm. What kind of motherfucking milestones are you setting for yourself to achieve to like be able to grow as a creator? You know what I mean? Like I know one of the biggest problems, especially with working with you, working, you know, on several different projects is everyone always wants shit for no- next to nothing. Mm-hmm. So how do you kind of put your foot down and help yourself elevate so that you can kind of grow not only like yourself as a creator, but allow yourself to work only on bigger budget projects or get paid the proper rates that you deserve? Um, I'm, I'm kind of like lucky in a way, I guess, that I have consistent clients that allow me to um, pick and choose. Like, so for example, uh, I have a client that gives me corporate videos and like that's like my bread and butter that I'll just do those you know to pay the bills right but um so like I have that safety net all the time I don't know if this is answering the question or not but um doing those as well as you know picking and choosing what I want to do so again going back to choosing the clients that are in pre-production rather than the ones that are already cut and edited yeah you know I get to choose that because of the fact I have that safety net of the corporate videos that I'm doing right which is you know also includes my um my company digital forge media by the way digital forge media forge digital forge media is what's the name forge of forge yeah like forging uh, your forging your signature no like forge like a like a like a metal anvil for your forging a sword kind of shit is that how you build a sword you hit a, like, in a forge yeah oh, that's like the that. place that you do it in cool yeah it's digital yeah it's digital forge. nice um so I guess in a way for you, like if if you had a choice, would you prefer to continue doing those corporate type videos or would you, if in your perfect world, would you be like, you do that right now as a safety net? Could you, if you could fully make your living off of all creative things, would you get rid of that right away? Of course. <laughs> so, so it's like you have to put certain things in place that you might not want to do, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, you have to do it like to mm-hmm. survive, right? Like that's super right. crucial. Yeah, I, I think what I'm at the moment, what I'm doing mentally is um, I know I have that safety net, but I'm picking and choosing these clients and stuff in order to, like, I'm, I'm still fishing pretty much. I'm still waiting for that big fish to be like, pull it. And, you know, I get that. So, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. So that's why I'm pushing to find more clients, pushing to find more people and networking more until I find that big client like eBay was for me. Right. Um, but specifically creative stuff. Yeah. Creative, you know. And yeah, that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. And like, I, I have these people, but I want it to be, I want it to like maintain itself and just continue. Right. And yeah, I mean. When we were talking last week on our morning roast episode and it was about like creating for yourself, right? The idea of someone talked about it in the, in the community, but it was like, I think it's important to remember to like go create just to create and not always have to create for a job or whatever it is. And so we were talking about that today and I think we talked about you for, for some reason. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. I can't remember why. Oh man. I don't know. But anyway, in it, we were talking about the idea of like going out and making some shit with the purpose of it just being fulfilling and not really mattering. Like you, you don't see it affecting your life. And then we use the example of like the people that did that Will Smith Belair. Uh, Mm -hmm. have you seen that? It's Mm -hmm. a movie trailer. Mm -hmm. They like remade the Fresh Prince and it got, it was just like a passion project and it blew up and Will Smith hit him up and now they're like turning it into Mm -hmm. something, which is crazy. And, um, you would do all that shit with Haji, your dog, (laughs) and you had like an entire fucking series. How many seasons? (laughs) 
three? I think it's three. Three total seasons. But like you would do a lot of VFX stuff and you would try to find creative ways just to make like, you know, a boring day turn right. it into something fun. Um, and I've used, I've referenced those fucking videos as to clients to be like, oh, we could do something like this. <laughs> really? Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> but like, like you wouldn't, right, like right. you wouldn't think yeah, I would have, yeah. but that's what, that was the whole point of the morning roasts. So for you, how important was it for you to just creatively, and now what's cool is that now Haji passed, you have those to always look back on, which is right, dope. I right. like, you always wish that you, you know, documented certain points in your right. life, but um, RIP Haji. <laughs> That dog is fucking hilarious. But you guys in your little series, like how important is it for you or do you think it is to create just to create, just to like continue to practice and grow? Like I'm assuming when you did the Haji series, it was like, oh, I want to learn. Like the video I love is the one where you have Haji and like you shoot a gun at the ground and it turns into a portal. portal Yeah. yeah. And was it you or him that would like fall? Him. (laughs) So Haji would fall through it. Like that was practice for you, right? Right. So... Can you weigh in on that? Like how yeah, do you think it's so, important? I mean, I've always been a creative. I need to keep creating. I need to um, keep creating. And like, Haji just so happened to be there. He's just like a funny looking bulldog. So, I mean, I would base, I would come up with an idea and um, he would be there for me to use. Right. <laughs> I would basically build a an episode based off what he does because I could not teach him anything. He, um, it's just based off what he um, does. So like for that Portal one, I remember seeing I I, I played Portal, I think it was Portal two. That's was, a game. Yeah, it's a oh. game. But uh, that's why I bought the gun. That's what the gun's from. Yeah, yeah. Oh, crazy. So I played that, and I was thinking, damn, it'd be sick if I could figure out a way to you know utilize the portals and you know do the um, just make that happen. So I mean, that's how I created that video, and I just made it funny and like you know it's just first of all like to pass the time because I'm doing all these. This is when I was in, still in Utah too. I was doing like all these corporate videos and I just, I needed to have an outlet for my creativity and like, that's how I do it, right. <laughs> you know? And like, it just so happened that I have a dog. So I, you know, I'm going to make a series and right. I'm going to do this. So like, even though I was working hard on video, video was still my outlet creativity or cre- creatively. So I ended up, you know, making those videos and yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's super important because I, I, I didn't care how long I took on them. <laughs> I didn't care how, I, if I had a vision, like the portal one, if I wanted to make this happen, I just, I, I made it happen. And it helped a lot because it kind of breaks the monotony of, um, you know, working on all these other corporate videos or just shit that you don't want to do. Like right. you could be working for like the biggest artists in the world. And if you don't like what you're doing, it's going to kill you. you yeah. know? Um, so like just doing your own thing. This is for me. Um, it just really helped my creativity and it, it kind of keeps my brain going. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the Haji videos really helped me with that. But so. I love it too, because like, that's, that was my point that I was trying to make earlier. It's like, mm-hmm. you can make shit for yourself. That was right. just for you. That was your outlet. That was your right. exercise, whatever it is. But like, you didn't know that. I think that's what, I think I showed the dudes at Disney when we did the Disney. Really? Like, I think I showed them that shit. It was like, dude, he's mad creative. Check this thing out. Blah, blah, blah. This is hilarious. Like, I can't remember if it was them or someone else, but like your dumb video to you was something I used as a thing. And it goes back to remember, and I told this in the morning roast, but when MTV hit me up because they liked the schoolboy Q shit mm-hmm. 
and then they referenced the Black Widow Cream fri- Freestyle Fridays that we did. Mm. And they were like, man, that shit was so funny how you made fun of the guy Coleman at the end because he didn't rap to the right. time of the beat. Right. And But like through editing, you were able to crack a joke and we love that about you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the fuck? How did you how watch that video? <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I said. It was a passion. It was something just right. for us that was funny that got seen by MTV. Right, right, right. Like, That's crazy. That's crazy. So you never know. I, I right. just think I just wanted to weigh in on that because I thought that was an interesting subject, and and I think that was a good example of how, like I at least used that your yeah, yeah, old yeah. videos that were just practice to you. Yeah. But I mean, I've gotten a lot of work from that kind of stuff with like people just hitting me like, I really like how you did this effect. Can you do it in this video? Right. And, like it's it's ranged from like really small like I don't know rappers or whatever to like you know huge clients. Yeah. That's you know that that see a video and like I want to do something like this. You right. Know, and it just it goes from there. It's it's awesome. I, I really like how in the era or the world that we live in right now where you uh, see all these different creators come up and they're now starting to use a lot of VFX-heavy content in their videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I love watching your reaction to that because... <laughs> So someone will come out and it'll just get mad views or, or whatever. Right. You have like these different creators like Gibson and you have uh, 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 Lyrical Lemonade and people right. like that, Cole Bennett or whatever, that just dive deep into VFX and apply right. it to like a dope rapper's video that's just a SoundCloud rapper that's going to boom view-wise. And then when you watch it, you're like, fuck, I can do that shit too. Like, And <laughs> yeah. you need to make like, a, I feel like you always need to make a statement that you can do it. So then you just <laughs> go out and literally just like walk outside <laughs> and shoot some shit just to flex on everybody that you can do it too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think in my entire career in this industry, I guess starting from college, is I'll, even my friends when I first meet them, even you, I'm not yeah. going to lie, when I first met you, I was like, I have to fucking be better than this. <laughs> yeah. Or like guys in college, like I have to fucking be better than these right. guys. Like that's how I always. That it's like a competitive thing. It's not like a like I hate you. It's yeah, just but it's like, like baseball I, and the yeah, sports yeah. part yeah, of it. It's just like I have to be better than them. So like when I see these guys doing super simple shit, but like they're getting views on views on views and, like and checks. Yeah, and like I can do. It. I just I just need to be found. You know, I just I, I just need to have the right connection to find that one thing that's gonna pop it off. Right. You know? So it's just yeah. <laughs> That's funny that you noticed that. You, yeah, for, for sure I noticed. I mean, there was literally like Dave remembers it. Remember that week where he was just like fucking throwing up content, like it was just nonstop, just projectile vomiting. <laughs> Every trick in the book that was popping right at, during that week or that month or year, Kavika had a video that had it like all of it in one. I was like, I was like, yo, he really tried to fuck up everybody in the game. I'm just fucking mad. It's like, yes, we get it. You can do it too. But how 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 difficult is that for you from a like? I think it's weird because you come in from like a traditional quote unquote side of creating almost because you came up and you worked through these companies, you did these massive videos and then there's these, these young dudes that are coming up and chicks. All right. (laughs) That are coming up in the game. Shout out to like cash bunny and all them. Like they're fucking ill that are just murdering it with it. And then they get big clients or they get, you know, whatever it Mm -hmm. is, they're getting them big views and like, and they're doing it and they're being contacted directly and trusted directly. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I think that has to go with, um, them playing a role in their culture and their, you know I mean? Like, mm-hmm. especially Cole Bennett, I think he's like a great person to look at how he's just de- designed this like insane brand for his city. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And by mm-hmm. default, if you're the one booking the shows in Chicago and doing all these things and people want to fuck with you, but how hard is that for you? Cause you do feel like you need to make sure people know that you're that good at that shit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. What's your thought process behind it? You mean just like constantly, proving that you can that you can do what everyone else can do like i know 
if I watch one of these people's videos right now and someone makes some fucking asteroid fly through the air and hit mm-hmm. some building and shit, for sure you can do it. Like right. anyone in, maybe if I'm at a movie and I'm watching some shit that the rocks in, mm-hmm. I'm like, we could probably, he may need, that was probably like a hundred people that did that shit. Right. You know what I mean? But like a majority of shit that's online, like I always know and I always talk like, because I know you can handle that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. between Kubica and JR, that's easy. Like we can get that shit done. You know what I mean? Like, right. But I feel like for you as a creator, it's like you need to have your voice be heard in a weird way. Mm-hmm. So how, you know, is Instagram your outlet? I mean, YouTube used to be, but like, it's hard to just find out ways to like get it out there. I mean, I feel like with these other creators, um, they just, they hit something, you know, they hit somewhere and all these people start following them and stuff like that. Um, like, I don't have that follow the following. I don't have all that, but um, I still continue to create and I'm just waiting for some, that point where I get seen by someone <laughs> or something and it goes from there. I don't know how to ex- answer this question. I know, it's weird. <laughs> well, it, it is weird, but that's, I think that's what's great about us, you know, the conversations we've been having about trying to, like him diving into how he does shit is so crucial and right. us adding that as an element of what we do with Black and No Cream, like providing and building some sort of platform where now you Kavikos can be seen and right. deserve to be seen is super crucial, which is, I'm working on that shit, but um, I think that that's where it changes because then all of a sudden if, if we're creating tutorials or we're showing examples and we're going out and creating real life experiences um, that you can apply, like think of anything that you, like anytime you're bored and you go outside and you, you just want to film a video and try to do some wild trippy shit. Mm -hmm. Now replace you, whoever you or you or Haji at the time Mm -hmm. with fucking name, any SoundCloud rapper. Right. If you had little pump tomorrow and you could just go make a video with little pump, what are you going to make? Right. probably the same shit that Gibson yeah. would have made or yeah, probably yeah. the same shit that this dude would have made you know what I mean like right. of course but I think there's a difference in just you having gone through these production companies that have access to the talent mm-hmm. versus you just connecting directly with the talent but it's also getting the talent to fucking see you right. when you have a, you know 2,000 followers on Instagram or some shit and people right. don't really pay attention to everything but I think I think it's just an interesting I don't know because it, it's like half a resume for you that you use on Instagram mm-hmm. but it's also I think you do it just to stun on everybody <laughs> on everybody <laughs> right that's, that's probably like the majority of what, it what's interesting is this is brand new I mean like in the history of the world this just this uh, kind of way to get a job or whatever get noticed is yeah. just so brand new so I think that's pretty amazing that people have like gone into it so quickly and stuff like that yeah and it's just I guess for me it's trying to find the way to get in now <laughs> Mm. but i mean uh, i i've gotten a lot of jobs you know from what i post on social media which kind of sucks because (laughs) i don't know i'm like social media is not my favorite thing (laughs) but like that's your resume now like you said and um and Kavika's resume is the most sloppy thing i've ever seen because it'll be (laughs) the illest video and then he'll post a fucking like video of him holding a fish and the next video is him (laughs) fucking you scrolling through your instagram is hilarious i mean all his video or his instagram is basically all shot on a gopro hero like <laughs> three hero four five five and it's just him he's the master at taking selfies <laughs> the fucking master like we went to um where we go we went to new york mm-hmm. and i directed this thing for yay so i had mm-hmm. kavika come and kavika shot it and did the vfx so you need to check that series out it has king bash trevor noah amanda cerny um 
Stone Mountain. Um, <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Uh, but everyone was in it, and and we had some dope VFX moments and shit, and it was fun. But it, could be, we were taking a group shot of all of us with the nice camera my camera and Kavika was like setting up his GoPro real quick because I know he just wanted to have the picture quicker <laughs> so he has his GoPro setting up and it's just like taking photos every two seconds or whatever and he like runs over and then when we were at uh, Casey Neistat's house <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories we're at Casey Neistat's uh, 368 building EA is doing an event there and I went there and someone introduced me to Casey so then Casey starts he was like really cool he was talking mm-hmm, to us for like mm-hmm. fucking 30 minutes it was awesome it was a really nice dude um we're sitting there. <laughs> I'm, t- <laughs> I'm talking to Casey, and I'm like, you know, we're, me and Kavika are sitting across from each other, so I'm just talking to Casey, and Kavika was over by Casey, and then Kavika walks by me. Like, he walked over by Casey, and then he was walking back by me, and as he passed me, he goes, got it, bitch. <laughs> Something like along the lines of, got it, bitch. And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then in the car, he shows me, and what he did was he set his GoPro down on like a counter, <laughs> had itself taking pictures and then he just walked over stood by Casey for like two seconds got his picture next to Casey and then came back and just got it bitch and I was like oh just to get a fucking he's a selfie king you are the king at fucking taking pictures with the GoPro well even even that like all my pretty much all my Instagram is me shooting myself yeah everything even like all the Haji videos that's just me shooting myself like nobody helped me with any of those things. Like this picture of the last picture you posted right now is um, you with <laughs> you with Trevor Noah and all of them. Your your captions are always so dumb. Your caption is <laughs> when I grow up, I still want to make movies. Trevor heard my fart. Amanda smelled it. Dave appreciated it. Sean captured it. And hey, you gotta look at their faces. You gotta right? see all their faces. But it's like a hard ass picture of Kavika just standing there holding a camera. All this these talented people are around him. I don't even have a dope picture like this. I don't think. <laughs> oh shit! But oh, it was yeah, cool because you wanted to make a video. He 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 kept filming. God, fuck this shit's so dope. Did you even post that video? What video? The one where the. Oh where yeah, you, it's it's somewhere. It's on Instagram, right? Yeah. Like he would just film. He was filming the whole trip, which was great. But he would like have do the typical like uh youtuber signing off thing where you like start right. on your hand and f- the camera pulls out and then he would show that world and then he'd bring it back into right. his hand and the whole thing's just quick jump cuts of like our whole trip our 36 hour trip that we had mm-hmm. to new york and it's like the coolest shit i don't know you just i feel like i feel like creators like you and i are always underrated in the sense of like like there's so much shit i've done that my fans quote unquote have no idea about you know what i mean like well, I, I think that's the problem not the problem but it's a problem as well as a, a good thing i guess is we not to like you know but we can do everything like the creativity we have so much that's not we're just not one specific thing yeah. we're not just dope colorists we're right. not just dope editors yeah. we're not just dope video guys no shame to them yeah 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 but we we do everything so like there's nothing that people can like if they see like he does too much shit like i want someone that specializes in this yeah but i mean like if you give us a chance we'll specialize in this right now yeah you know i i think that's that's you know like a problem slash a dope uh, good thing to have but i mean i feel like that's i'm like i don't know if it's if i should start honing in on a specific thing because i don't want to do that right <laughs> like I, I like being able to do everything so like having all these different ideas like on my instagram for example i can do all those things i just don't i don't do one specific thing i think that kind of turns off some clients i guess because they want they all want a specific thing yeah you know instead of just coming to me for like can you do this it's like 
it's they want to just know like yeah. it's like yeah it's, yeah because it's, it's hard to kind of showcase all of the things that you do mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's not that easy to like right like I, I hate when i'm like having a conversation with someone and they talk about something that i've done before right like yeah, we need to hire someone like this or whatever, and I'm like, motherfucker, I do that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you don't know I do that. Like, damn. Um, yeah, everybody trips out when they find out I have like a whole camera lighting set. Like, oh, you shoot too? Yeah. I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do everything. Right. You know. I know, and I don't know if that's uh, an error on our part, but it becomes difficult when you try to highlight every single thing yeah. that you do. Yeah. When it when you do such a variety of things and you're right. good at all of them, it's like it's hard to put all that under an umbrella or whatever um this is good how do you feel you were so nervous before we started this podcast Uh, i mean i hate being on camera and i hate my voice so tell you'll love watching and listening to this episode then and i mean it's just terrifying thinking that someone's gonna be playing this in their car (laughs) (laughs) this is heavy as fuck this this moon man is heavy as fuck Mm mm-hmm I have to carry that in the Uber. I was going to fucking boost it over, too. <laughs> oh, no. You would have fucking dropped that shit for sure. Yeah. Um, Whatever, though. Okay, so I want to ask. I let the community ask questions, so we're going we're gonna to run that bitch Are we quick. live? Yeah, say what's up to all the people. Oh, sh- not? No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no I don't do live, because sometimes people be talking about some NDA shit, and then they realize it, like, two minutes later, and they're like, uh, oh, uh, yeah, oh, can yeah, I yeah. not talk about this? And I was like, fuck. Um so on our patreon mm-hmm. i posted it of course no one saw it it was too last minute and i've been terrible at making patreon dope um let's see who asked I, saw question. Some, I saw some uh, questions on facebook yeah i did but i want to ask patreon first because i respect yeah, yeah, yeah. it uh garen weeks he says um best resources for learning vfx i'm just gonna hold on to this fucking moon man while we ask these questions uh for me um i actually learned everything pretty much i learned basics so i had a great awesome teacher at um at uh my college his name is ted monroe um i think he's in new york now so hi ted hi ted but um he was really good he believed you know he believed that he taught us really the basics of after effects and like compositing and stuff but i think it's just getting over that hump of being afraid of after effects yeah because i mean i primarily use after effects i do 3d and stuff and whatever but i primarily use after after effects but just getting over that hump of being afraid of the software and just like finding like just think oh i want to make a fireball and um i i really i use a lot of youtube (laughs) right and a lot of um i just play around with each and every effect that's in there every tool that's in there so it's like it's not how good the tool is it's how good you are with the tool Mm. and i think that um that's what I learned while just fucking around in After Effects forever and doing all those little things in college specifically, um, all those like short films over the weekends and finding out like blowing up cars like right. in After Effects and just constantly adding on to what you can. So I know a lot of things I do is like very, uh, I guess, unorthodox. It's not the best way to do things in the software, but I still get to what I need to the show. Result. Yeah, the result and the effect. Hmm. So it's just consistently working hard and youtube I, youtube and video copilot of course i was gonna i was trying to wait till you no, said it and i want to say it at the same time andrew, andrew kramer's my boy andrew kramer <laughs> this is andrew kramer video copilot damn yeah he's he's amazing but like and even that so when you follow tutorials don't forget them like follow the tutorial and f- figure out what each little like button does on on you know in the effect and just expand on it don't just follow it directly one you know um step by step yeah and that's how I learned too is just oh shit this can do this and then you just fuck with it forever right. you know and just keep building on that it's just you know it's just 
knowing your toolbox and I just think working with it. Being able to download like now like people like Josh, Olufemi Tutorials, mm-hmm. he'll he'll include project files that you can like download and work with. Right. Um I think that's so like now it can seem like it's just another thing to, for someone to make money. But right. to me I feel like when I was learning how to use Final Cut seven fucking or five back in the day. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Uh, Final Cut five. When I first got it, I was, I had a book and Mm -hmm. I bought the book and and it would be like work along. I think it came with some software (laughs) that I could download and had like videos that I could like edit and shit, but it would teach you how to do these things. And I would try to like work along with this book. Mm -hmm. It was so crucial. And I feel like if you can find a proper tutorial and they do have that asset, it's Mm -hmm. totally worth 30 bucks, $40, however much it costs to do that Uh, shit. Even on top of that, when you're kind of, you know, maybe, past the beginner stage you can learn how to um you figure out new ways that people do other things so like something simple you can find some other way that someone did it simpler right you know so if you download that project file you could learn that so it's just constantly forcing yourself to learn mm. i know i love learning so yeah know, it's, it's kind of perfect easy super crucial um you saw the video i posted um in black window cream oh yeah it's you with these beautiful wood or moon men. I keep calling them Woody Awards. I don't know what the fuck's a Woody? Woody. I don't know. I thought that was actually a thing. I think it is. I don't know why I keep I saying know. it. Um, Sean Sauce commented and he said, Can you do a tutorial of that video? Sean Sauce. <laughs> uh, how much does his imagination limit him, if at all, when coming up with VFX ideas? Does your imagination ever limit you? Not at all. So I think for that video, um, there are so many elements in <laughs> there that I would need someone to specify what they want to know exactly. Because that video I actually did, I just recorded myself with the, um, I originally wanted to do some stupid video with me just holding them, but it ended up turning into what it is in that video. And it became like a breaking the fourth wall kind of thing. It's basically like, sorry, that's me playing oh. it. It's basically like Kavika opening up um, an After Effects project and it's a video of himself. And then he's just adding in, Right. compositing the the moon men into his hands and yeah so i mean even that i mean it goes into the second question like does my imagination was it uh, limit yourself not at all because even that my imagination started going crazier because i was like oh i should do it in after effects i should make like you know this is how i got here because yeah. i learned this software i learned how to do this and you know and just there's like little easter eggs in there because like there's my skateboards in the background because i i skateboard all over the place when i'm like stressed or something or like getting somewhere or yeah like, uh, there's a monster energy drink in the back and i like drink monster and all that but like it's just building on that and like my imagination doesn't limit me but i think my <laughs> i guess my computer <laughs> limits me <laughs> yeah. i mean you know it takes forever to render shit and whatever but i mean no i mean I keep going with that. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, Fernando says Kavika is the, he put the trophy emoji, the fire emoji, and the 100% emoji. How are you able to post all this ton of fire on Instagram almost daily? Any content creator plan strategy? I think he's just saying, do you have a plan or strategy when you think about content? Like, do you have a plan to roll out content every week? Um, or do you just do it on the fly? I'm pretty, it's pretty much on the fly. Like, when I have time, I don't like, chill i just i try to make more videos or go fishing Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep but um no i mean there's no schedule there's nothing it's just because i you know i work with video and that's what i do for fun is video and i just there's no like schedule there's nothing it's just if i want to do it you know yeah i mean it might help if i had a schedule (laughs) right but you know it's just yeah um 
Corey Cataldo. Cataldo. He says, how do you combat the uneasy feeling of not always posting on social? How do I combat that? Yeah, is there, like, you know, if all of a sudden you haven't posted in a week, does that drive you crazy or what? Honestly, it doesn't. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, a lot of people say I should get more into social. Because I'm not really big into trying to build a following or whatever. And I, and I know a lot of people are telling me that I should and all this stuff. I've, like, never tried to do that. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I don't, you know, have that feeling, I guess. Yeah, I tell you. <laughs> um, I think this is a great question. James Hardman, he says, what's your longest render time and what do you do between rendering? Oh, shit. Longest render time for, like, a project? Yeah. Well, I mean, I do a lot of 3D stuff, so, I mean, my computer's old as fuck, so those take, you know, forever. Um... I don't know the specific longest render time. There's been many, like over a couple days kind of thing. But um, Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still a bit of work because it's just contained its, in its own software, but it's still pretty crazy. I'm surprised my computer's not dead yet. Right. But um, what was the end of that question? What do you do in between your rendering? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I mean, other than... Uh, because I, I live by myself, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. And, you know, I don't have a set schedule, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. But um, I, I like to go fishing. <laughs> he fishes all the time. Yeah, I go fishing. All, I do it all by myself, too. So it's whatever. Where do you fish at? Um, LA is not the best place to go fishing, but I just go off Malibu and stuff like that. Damn, so you're driving all the way to Malibu every time you want to go fishing? Yeah, my shitty-ass truck. Damn, how does the truck make it there? She's she's a good girl. Yeah. But she, um, I mean, it's, 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 I usually like go in the mornings and stuff. Right. And do all that kind of stuff, so. Cool. I mean, I, I make videos when I'm not, when I'm rendering. So. Right. <laughs> um, so me and Kavika have been talking about getting, like creating some tutorials because the content he makes is so next level. And I think if we could dive into your brain a little bit more, uh, that shit could go a long way for a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. That sounds cool. Um, so definitely planning on us starting that eventually it's going to be, it's going to be fucking crazy. I think like you, yeah. you've he's, he's already made some, we're just going to figure out how to package it and then, right. and then re start releasing stuff. So, uh, that's exciting for another black window cream. I, I think on top of that, I just want to say that, um, I know a lot of people, they're afraid to show like their secrets, quote unquote, and stuff like that. But I think um, just me being able to show people how I do certain things, it'll like make you know people that consume this information better, as well as me better. Because I know, okay, these guys know how to do this. I need to get better mm. to make them want something, right. you know? So I think it benefits everybody. Right. <laughs> so I'm not just doing it for, you know, whatever, like money or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm doing it to better myself as well. Totally. So I think, you know, it's fun learning together. So, and those people are going to grow into becoming really ill and then they're going to do some shit and right. you're going to learn from them. You yeah. know what I mean? About and I'll hire new... you. you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, cool. Uh, so if anyone got this far in the podcast, um, we talked for a minute, an hour and 50 minutes, actually. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, it's a good little podcast. Cool. What uh, I let you pick a hashtag, and then I tell anyone that's listening to go to your most recent Instagram post and comment the hashtag that you're about to pick and tag me at Ben Rovers World so we both know that they listen to the whole podcast. <laughs> right. So you can pick any hashtag that you want. What do you want it to be? Um, Aloha. Aloha. 
All lowercase. Okay. Is that cool? Yeah, it's tight. <laughs> um, how do you want people to find you? Do you have a website? Do you do that? I, I, I do, but I need to update it. Um, yeah. I think it's my name. All right, don't com. go there. Um, go to his Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my website uh, URL is on my Instagram, so. Yeah. Yeah. K dot Oika. K dot A W I K A. That's his Instagram. Make sure to follow him. This shit is fucking great. This, you, I like the stuff that you've been doing with Mo Beats too. Big Sean's DJ. Um, yeah, he has a he actually has a bunch of stuff backed up that he's waiting to release. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's cool. Jarden is fun. that the name of the clothing company? Yeah, uh, that's like a marijuana dispensary, I think. Oh, cool. That's yeah. dope. Yeah, he's been doing different collabs with uh, Big Sean's DJ, and um, I need to get him on the podcast soon. Yeah, he'd be that'd fun be cool. to have on here. Um, but the stuff you guys are making is fucking dope. Anyway, how do you want to end this, man? This was a good one. I don't know how do you usually end them. I ask you that question and see what you say. Oh, fuck. I don't know. I'm probably going to take this footage and do something stupid with it, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should we cheers uh, the Moonman? Just a little tap. Oh, my God. Oh, God. It's so scary. This one needs to, like, get fixed. This one needs to stay in my house. All right. Bye. Aloha. Ba 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 ba. That's it for episode 77, I think, with Kavika Bonis. The motherfucker's a genius. If you want to follow him and see what he does every day, follow his Instagram. Um, his work is amazing. You've seen it in theaters, you've seen it in music videos all over the world, on YouTube, in your face, motherfucking, probably on MTV. Kavika's a beast, so make sure to tune in to Kavika. Um, yeah, new episodes every single Wednesday and Friday, or every single Wednesday and Sunday. I fucked that up. But, uh, merch shop bwnc.com patreon and uh yeah we're about to fucking kick it into gear it's been an insane few weeks we're through it gotta shoot a couple shows this week for myself with normani and then uh and then i'm back to the black window cream daily dosage of trying to turn this shit up to motherfucking 10 uh yeah that's it wednesday and sundays see you guys then all right bye bitch <laughs>